Hello, everyone. Welcome to the seventh episode of the podcast, recorded on September 15th, 2022. I'm your host, Ventor, a small-time streamer with big-time dreams. You can follow me on most platforms under Ventornado, including MindsGab, YouTube, and Rumble. Hello everyone, my name is Sophomore John. I am a variety streamer. I play a variety of games, mostly crap ones, but it's a lot of fun and we have a good time. Uh, I also am a content creator and a part-time podcaster with my host, Ben Tornado. You can find me at YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, and all sorts of other random places at Sophomore John, S-O-P-H-M-O-R-E-J-O-H-N, and yes, that is spelled incorrectly. Excellent. Let's start off by introducing our guests. Uh, why don't each of you tell us a few things about yourselves, then I'll introduce the topic. Uh, let's start with Wibbit Guy, back for the third time in a row. Yes, hi everyone. My name is Wibbit Guy. Um, I am I'm an aspiring artist. I've been for over a decade. I haven't gotten anywhere yet, but my, my dreams haven't died and I'm still going. I like to um I like to create content on on Twitch for now. I, I play video games on stream, but I also do like to have art streams where I draw stuff many, many times involving comics. That's that's definitely my biggest um art passion. So you um you can you can find me on Twitch under Wibbit Guy, also on YouTube uh, as uh, as uh, the same name. And uh yeah, anything that's related to video games, comic books, superheroes. Um, I'm definitely into, and I definitely like to try to be more, be more active in, in being creative and, and, um, uh, in the art sphere. And that's what I'm doing with my platforms right now. Excellent. Welcome back with it. Now, uh, Ronan, let's hear a little bit about yourself. Hey, uh, name is Ronan. I'm a IT and cybersecurity expert, uh, former musician and, uh, um, you know, all around conspiracy theorists, and uh, you can't find me anywhere, and that's the way I like to keep it. Excellent. Welcome. And last but not least, uh, Charlie. Hey guys, I'm Charlie Brown 642 I am a content creator over on Rumble. You can also find me on Gab, Gilded, and True Social. And currently I've got a few playthroughs up right now. Excellent. Be sure to check all our guests out that want to be checked out, I should say. Uh, but with that being said, uh, let's get into the topic for the episode. Online censorship, including various social media platforms like Twitter and YouTube. Uh, please note the opinions stated by the hosts and guests should not be considered as fact, and we encourage everyone to do your own research on all topics discussed. Uh, before we get started on the free forum discussion, I think it would be a best if each of us said their general stance on the topic overall, so we have a general idea where everyone is. Uh, personally, my stance on censorship, especially the online kind, is that it every way possible hurts more than it helps. One of the biggest forms of censorship that I think we see today is the form of censoring hate speech or even political opinions. Uh, being banned off of Twitter, YouTube, or any of these other social media platforms does not change one's opinions, but instead it reinforces them, possibly even making them more extreme. Outside of things that are outright illegal, a person should not be banned 
for speech. That is my personal stance. Uh, with that being said, I'm interested to hear what my co-host and his opinions are on the subject at hand. Take it away, John. Um, so, I I don't think I have anything too much different to say. I think um, all, all speech, minus, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, screaming fire in a crowded room, uh, should be allowed on... Um, Social media platforms, YouTube's, uh, content places, the like, because um, bad ideas need to be struck down with good ideas. Bad thoughts need to be um, combated with with uh, good ones. Um, so, uh, but you know, minus like illegal things, folks like uh, what is it, uh, kafafels or whatever. Uh, his name is, um, you know, trying getting uh, underage kids illegal drugs in order to transition them. Um, those types of things should definitely be removed from platforms uh, because, well, A, that's illegal and, uh, you know, so stuff like that. Otherwise, the Internet was always meant to be the new face of the um, uh, the public square. And it seems that um, with these new rules in place, the, the people that run these companies, they feel their ideas are the only ones that should be heard. And anything that is uh, dissenting or disagreeing or challenging them, uh, they'll view as hate speech or uh, bad or needs to be removed. And so what you end up getting is... Uh, basically a toilet bowl with the same turds instead of a uh, mixed bowl of turds, so to speak. So that makes sense. That's about my idea. No problem. And yeah, it sounds like we are have uh, similar opinions on that subject. Uh, with that being said, uh, Wibbit, what's your stances on it? As an artist, uh, you probably have a similar stance to us. I could be wrong, though. Well, the short answer of to that is basically yes. Uh, as an artist, uh, I would just say that I absolutely hate censorship of almost any kind because to me, censorship represents a form of of bigotry. It, it's it's a form of trying to impose maybe even double standards, especially if it favors one side. Now, there might be the rare case that I feel a censorship might is necessary as long as it. It, it is like, you know, across the board and does not favor like one side, does not favor what a certain like gender or race over another. And you can, you can, it's clear that it is not trying to uh, maybe promote something at the expense of another, because that in a way is all is, is a form of censorship that we're also seeing in the online sphere when in a lot of uh, social media companies, uh, because when someone's, when someone's views are suppressed, and someone else's are not. That's um, that's not just censorship. That is that is also, as I said, it's bigotry. It's promoting one side, and it's trying to shut down uh, any kind of conversation. And cre it creates, and and this is my problem also. It creates a, a like a hive mind mentality across um, the audience that follows these platforms, because if it, it removes any kind of conversation, and that also removes a bit of the individual uh the individual facets of of uh 
of people's expression and and this can also be applied to art i feel like it I, i've always been about in the individual expression and liberty and this is and this for this reason i kind of consider myself you know a bit liberal in that sense but because of what's going on in the censorship online it's um it's a little it's going off uh off the rails and honestly i i feel like it's becoming it's becoming a form of tyranny and and that's also why i'm definitely definitely uh still haven't changed my stance on censorship in general for the most part okay thank you uh ronin i want to hear your opinions coming from cybersecurity and tech and all that uh well i mean i i tend to share most of your guys's uh opinions about censorship i don't i mean i really don't think that that i really don't agree with any form of censorship for the most part except for things that you know are are um you know have a high potential to cause serious physical harm to people um or you know like really affect their their lives you know things like uh um you know to a certain degree like um strong defamation and things like that you know there's some some exceptions there but you know there's when it comes to to freedom of expression i think people should be able to express unpopular opinions and if you don't have the freedom to do that you don't really have freedom um you know and especially in an era where every platform has you know reasonably robust ability to block users you don't want to interact with um in most cases i don't think there's any good reason to have sort of these deplatforming campaigns or try and censor ideas that you don't agree with because if you don't look if you don't like it don't look at it don't you know just block that person don't interact with them and uh move on you know there's no reason for you to go and try and prevent them from reaching you know whatever audience that that may want to hear what they have to say um and when you get into trying to, to do that well then you have to you know start thinking about well who gets to decide what is um or isn't um you know a a, a good uh opinion on something or a good idea and it's a very dangerous slippery slope and you know this has been proven again and again throughout history and uh, you know i'm a little bit annoyed that that we still have to have conversations like this uh at this point because you know people used to know better liberals used to know better um until progressives came along and progressives i think you know i think there needs to be a, a distinction um to what you know what the guy was saying there where you know there's a difference between progressives and liberals because they clearly believe different things when it comes to things like freedom of expression um and uh you know i would definitely say that i'm more classically liberal myself uh, like with a guy um but uh, i find myself you know having to constantly defend conservatives because uh um of issues like freedom of expression and censor censorship online um and when it comes to it i think you find um you know that's fairly you find a lot of people that play lip service to like um freedom of expression but when it comes down to when it inconveniences them in their personal lives and things like that they very often have organizations that cave to these kinds of pressures um just because they don't want to deal with the backlash of of you know thousands of these woke idiots um spamming their inboxes and calling them and harassing their families and it's really um it's a modern form of like the red guard you know from from 
early communist China when the CCP was rising up and you would have the Red Guard that would go around and berate and harass anybody that didn't go along with, um, you know, the Great Leap Forward. And it's sort of a very similar type of mob mentality that you see today when it comes to like Twitter mobs and things like that and the things that are um, going on with online censorship where you have these groups of political activists that are pressuring large companies to adopt their ideology and enforce it through extra extra legal means. Um, a good case of this is where Visa and MasterCard now are, are um, being browbeaten into creating gun registry lists of anybody that buys anything, any guns or ammo. Um, now they're going to start keeping track of that, you know, because they don't feel that the Congress is doing enough about it. And, and so they're going to take it into their own hands. And it creates a lot of dangerous situations like this when you let it get out of control. I never heard that. Definitely going to probably hit up on that subject throughout this because uh, uh, MasterCard and these payment processors are in, for in many ways censoring, like you said. Oh. Use use yeah. discover to buy guns and ammo now. Or no, I'm just kidding. Actually, <laughs> it, it would it would be cash would be the best way to go. Yeah, you should use cash. All right, uh, moving on to Charlie, your stances on online censorship. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of what big tech has been doing to like silence anyone and everyone who just disagrees with the woke left and. Honestly, what they've been doing so far is just, it's a disgusting abuse of power, really. Because the thing is, like, we all have that, like, the Second Amendment, or First Amendment, sorry, uh, where we can freely speak and express our opinions. And pretty, and really the only way to form an opinion that is uh, based on fact, you have to have those discussions and censoring people is not going to help convince people that, you know, your opinion might be correct or something like that, you know? Makes sense. Uh, basically, having uh, discussions with various points of view leads to better opinions. Yeah. And essentially, like, um, it just kind of throws the bad opinions out and, you know, keeps the good the good ones in and you kind of get a sense for like who other people are and what uh and what kind of uh things that they can they can bring to the table you know makes sense if somebody has to censor themselves uh you might not get the full picture of what they're trying to say yeah yeah all righty i get you all of you provide interesting opinions, and I can't wait to dive into each one. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to move on into the first question of tonight's episode. Uh, what are your thoughts on social medias like Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube? Probably uh, mm -hmm. what many people consider as the big three of mainstream tech. Um, let's go ahead and start off with Wibbit. What are your stances on the big three, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube? Oh, yeah, this is this is going to be a lot to unpack because I do, I or at <laughs> least I used to. For the, in the case of Twitter, I don't use Twitter anymore, but the others, uh, yeah, I feel like Facebook is trash now. I, even, I, I only use it mostly for more personal contacts that I know, but even that has uh, devolved into hyper-polarized uh, 
an hyperpolarized environment of gaslighting and, and toxicity. And um and I can also see I also observe a few of the posts. It's 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 kind of crazy. Um although I I still see a bit of people uh, able to put their put their own spin on Facebook. But yeah, it's it's kind of trash now and I'm not really using it. But um for YouTube, I feel like there's still people able to fight the good fight over there. I although I did notice that YouTube has been doing things like shadow banning certain channels um for for their um for, for expressing their views. Um I believe uh I, I think it was Tim Pool YouTube might have been uh shadow banned slightly, if I'm not mistaken, on YouTube. Or it might have been somewhere else or Tim Cast. Um I believe but, so. Uh, I believe it yeah, was I, he got shadow banned and, and I think he was actually yeah, and, also, and also um uh I don't follow him as I don't follow this guy as much as Tim Pool, but Steven Crowder was also, I believe, banned for a while. He had to get back on he had to fight to get back on there. And I I could already tell yeah, that there's something going stream, on. Not his whole channel, but um yeah, just his ability to live stream. It's usually mm -hmm. where they where they hit you first is your they take away your live streaming ability and then you get so many strikes they'll delete your whole channel. Yeah. And um I I do notice that YouTube has probably a certain algorithm in place for how it how it presents its uh its media, its uh the the sources and channels that it that it has. And certain channels are are shadow banned compared to others. Uh one of them was another channel. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it. They just he recently hit one million subscribers. A channel on YouTube called The Liberal Hive Mind. And yeah, they're, I've, they're, I've seen that channel as well. Um, but you brought you brought up an important point about al algorithms, which is something that uh, a lot of people don't touch on, is the fact that mm -hmm. um, when people think of these types of censorship, the knee-jerk reaction is to think that, oh, some, you know, blue-haired employee at YouTube or um, Twitter went and, you know, manually uh, removed uh, some sort of content. But a lot of this stuff, especially on YouTube, is done algorithmically. Mm -hmm. um, and it, that's a that's one of the most concerning things about these types of censorship pro, um, issues is that there really isn't anybody that's really judging what's going on with with whatever is being censored in so, some cases. And in many cases, real harm can happen to people and their lives can be upended because an algorithm decided something they did was wrong. Um, I think an excellent example of this is a San Francisco man who um, snapped a photo of his baby boy's um, swollen genitals for a telemedicine consultation and immediately an algorithm detected it as child porn and shut down his entire Google account, which just completely upended his life. As, as you can imagine, well, when all of your two-factor authentication is tied into your Google account and things like that, you can lose access to your entire digital identity overnight because an algorithm decided something you did was wrong or illegal. And um, there's not enough human eyeballs looking at this kind of stuff to really accurately judge it. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, important thing to consider when it comes to the censorship stuff is when you're not really even giving up that power to people, you're giving up that power to machine algorithms that are programmed by people with political ideologies. And that's even more scary. Yeah, that is something I noticed, uh, especially the, the channels that I follow who have become aware that they are being censored by an algorithm. And uh, that's that as if the as if the human opponents were not enough already. So um, mm. I, I I definitely feel that going with YouTube, but I I'm I'm able to see and try to support those who I've noticed have been shadow banned on YouTube because I I do feel it's unfair um, what's going on. Um, 
Now, as for Twitter, oh boy, Twitter. Um, how do I even start with Twitter? Uh, I've I've really pretty much given up on posting anything there and basically following a anyone um, after after the whole spiel of uh, this this the big thing that happened was when they banned Donald Trump off of Twitter. And I noticed something going on too, because they banned they banned a form they banned a president of the United States from that platform because of they, they decide what he's saying is is a is a threat to I don't know a threat to everything. And they have other people who are even more I would say way more radical than Donald Trump. Uh, because they are probably, I believe some of them were even like considered terrorists and they're posting stuff on Twitter. They get a free reign. They get a free hand. And ISIS me, still has a Twitter thing. account, by the way. You know, like there's uh -huh. literal terrorist organizations that have are allowed to have Twitter accounts. But you know, Donald Trump, the the president of the United States, was banned. And mm -hmm. That should just show you like what kind of absurdity we're dealing with here. I, yeah. I think you know, I don't think anybody can argue Twitter is you know a sane or or um, even-handed platform at this point, you know, it's just... Yeah, and, and I mean, I think when, and I, I'm, I could be wrong, but I feel like I noticed when that happened, uh, even people, I, I knew a bunch of people who were definitely not for Donald Trump at all. They, they didn't like him at all, though, though they also didn't like the, op, the opposing side either. But uh, once they saw that, they, they also kind of woke up as well because they, even they believed that that was not fair. They don't, they may not support Donald Trump himself, but they still believe that that was not a fair uh, treatment of what was going on with the platform. So when it, I think that speaks volumes when even even those people uh, believe that there was something going on there. I, I kind of I kind of already knew what was going on a little, a little bit before that debacle before 2020. So, um, but I, I I did notice that with Twitter, that's um, just been going, it's just been going crazy because of that and. That to me is the biggest form of a, uh, an infringement on a person's rights and censorship that is just completely unfair because it is a very, very clear example of a double standard. It's I and I think, to be honest, that's that's a form of bigotry right there. When you suppress one side and leave the others open, as we just mentioned, ISIS has as a channel, and honestly, some of those people are even more radical. They get a free train. I, I'm not for double standards at all, and that's what's going on with Twitter. Yeah. So, and there, there's quite a few um, Chinese propaganda accounts on Twitter um, mm -hmm. that do nothing but push, you know, state-sponsored propaganda. And things like that are allowed, um, but you know, the, you know, one in my opinion, one of the greatest presidents this country's ever had, at least in my lifetime, um, gets banned from the platform. You know, it's absurd, um, yeah. and you know, it's really it has a chilling effect um across um the entire world of politics because um if they can do that to a president of the united states what can you know what chance does their average person have of um you know getting their account back and when people are encouraged to build their entire lives around these platforms and around their value as far as how many followers they're able to get and how many people they know and you know you know that they're encouraged to build their business around and advertising and stuff around these sorts of platforms. Um, you know, it's really your entire life is um, for some people is tied into these platforms. And if your account gets shut down, it's like you're, you know, it's like you no longer exist for all intents and purposes.
Um, yeah, and, exactly. and and all those and and those big three that were mentioned, I don't think I even think I got I got touched on the uh, the fact checking, if you will. Those all of those sites <laughs> oh, had yeah. that's probably going to be a topic we delve into tonight too. So <laughs> all right, yeah. So I mean, that's just another whole another layer in this big ogre-sized onion we're going to tackle. But that's I think that's all I really had to say about this question. I I think I touched a lot on each of those platforms. Okay, thank you. Uh, Charlie, it seemed like you had a few uh, sense that you wanted to throw into the ring. What are your thoughts on the big three? Well, I'm, I haven't really like been a big fan of Twitter or Facebook. It's just, I don't know. Like when I saw those, something like inside me just didn't have a good feeling about those. And I didn't really use them much. But YouTube, uh, I've noticed that they've been censoring some create some content creators and it's kind of why I choose not to post on YouTube because they're they're censoring people who would have like this really great content, but because of their like political beliefs or something like that, then they're not allowed to put themselves out there and allow themselves to advertise what it is they're doing on their channel. And that's well, I think it depends on the kind of content you're creating, right? You know, like if you're doing something yeah. just like, uh, you know, politically or you know, neutral, like, you know, a video about some sort of engineering topic or, you know, something like that. Video um, games. Something that, you know, early yeah, yeah, like video, video games. games yeah. Um, but, you know, if, yeah, if it's something what that, I do or tech, tech reviews, you know, that kind of stuff, it makes sense to do on YouTube because that's where the audience is for that stuff, right? Like you can't really go to rumble and make a tech tuber type of channel and expect to get much traction over YouTube uh, because people don't generally go to rumble for that kind of stuff. They go to rumble for the stuff that they can't watch on YouTube, you know? Um, yeah. So like, and you honestly, know, you, you kind of like honestly, need to make an intelligent decision if you're going to use these platforms as far as where you want to grow your audience and what kind of audience you want to attract and what kind of demographic you want to attract. Yeah. And honestly, I think uh, rumble might be the viable, uh, a viable competitor for YouTube because they, I think they're going to go public soon on like the stock market or something, which is both a good and bad because it could open them up to like getting great tech upgrades, but also open them up to being bought out by people who have the same agenda as the people over at YouTube where they are censoring people for disagreeing with what the they agree with yeah but really just really alphabet um or google is is doing a disservice to their investors by doing that kind of stuff and if if the um ftc and the federal organization or the sec rather were doing their jobs it would definitely be something that i think would you know be worth looking into um because that's not the kind of thing that you do to like, you know, a board of directors for a, co a corporation like that has a duty to their investors to try and maximize profitability. Um, but Google, yeah, and with there's a lot of stuff that has really, a, you know, counter counter intuitive effect to that because when you're alienating half the country, um, you're certainly not, not really maximizing profitability. And this is something that I think Twitter's investors especially have a, a, a big case that they could bring against the board. Um, yeah, like uh, with yeah. like the whole thing with Elon Musk, where uh, 
Twitter is suspected of having more bots than people on their website, which is a manipulation is and is a big part of uh, how fraud can occur. And so, yeah, I th well, and what they, what they're, since, I mean, they're, they're basically, you know, they've, they've designed the whole system to be, you know, be able to be manipulated in this way because that's the power of Twitter is that they can make the, they can, they can create the illusion that something is, um, you know, better than it is or more popular than it is. Um, and without the ability to do that, Twitter doesn't have a lot of value to, um, a lot of corporations, especially corporations like Disney and, and Marvel and things like that, that want to, you know, yeah. um, they want to, uh, deflect attention from how bad their, their movies it's are. Yeah. Yeah. And with great power comes great responsibility, speaking of Marvel, because power can corrupt uh, people. We've seen this over and over again in history, like with, you know, with It's really Hitler the corporate and of geekdom culture, which has really been sad to see happen. Um, there used to be, you know... Um, you know, geek culture and 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 uh, things like that were were very underground, kind of punk rock almost type of uh, stuff that that like, um, you know, wasn't mainstream and wasn't really accepted by corporate culture. And now it's just been co-opted by corporations to the point where uh, it's just any soul has been drained out of it. Yeah, yeah. Which is it's just social problem. media. Yeah, thanks to online censorship, social media is not really fun. Yeah. You know? Social media, in my opinion, has always been a mistake. Um, you know, I don't think, um, I don't think anybody should be posting, um, you know, things that can link back to their real identity. Um, like the, the people that grow up posting everything they do online and uh, every, every uh, stupid yeah, idea like, they have, uh, you know, especially when they're like, you know, these young kids, uh, like, they're growing up on, on social media and, you know, all that stuff is just going to be recorded uh, forever. Yeah. And, you know, how, can you imagine, like, um, you know, if they did something how, how, how stupid are they going to be able to have a career in politics when every every stupid idea they've ever, every stupid thing they've ever said or done is there for everybody to see? Um, you know, well, it, um, well that's going to be the reason that's the that. Magic. That's the magic of memes. Those things will become memes now. Yeah, but I mean that's that's one of the big reasons why why uh, you you see a lot of politicians these days that don't let their kids have smartphones because they know that if they're grooming their kid for politics, uh, they can't can't be having them running their mouth online, you know. <laughs> um, so it's it's going to further insulate the elites from the normal common people because um, you know they're going to common person is going to be encouraged to to do all this stupid nonsense because it ties them into the system even further and it creates some more, it makes them more dependent on the system because, you know, going back to, if you have um, your, your accounts deleted or you get quote unquote canceled, you know, it's like for all intents and purposes, you no longer exist. Um, and yeah. that's what they want to and be able to do. Be... They want to be able to, you know, just be able to turn off your entire life and, you know, uh, at the flick of a switch, and that's where things are going. And I think, I, I, you know, I would encourage people if they do want to use social media to always try and anonymize yourself as much as possible. Because, um, you know, if you're if Exercise you're out there, you're making yourself vulnerable. Yeah, and everything can be trapped. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
and to especially be honest, in the like, case of Twitter, there's a, I don't know if you guys heard, heard about the Twitter whistleblower the, the day before. It was yesterday or the day before he testified. Um, I believe it was in Congress about um, it was either in, in Congress or the Senate where he um, uh, mentioned that four, over 4,000 Twitter employees have access to everything you put on Twitter, all your personal DMs, all your um, personal uploads and all that stuff. They can even they can even log in as you and post things as if it were as if you were posting it. Um, Again, another so, form of fraud. And it's just it's like you know you also have to be careful. Like if you have like you know you have kids who are growing up on uh, social media, and that can be kind of toxic on their like growth in general because. If they post something and then they get a lot of likes and they're they get addicted to that uh, feeling of oh everyone likes what I posted I'm gonna post more of it and that could definitely encourage them to do something they might come to regret later on. And yeah, and you can, you, can see, you can see the the extreme end game of a situation like this um, over in China currently where. Um, there's people, everybody's encouraged to use Weibo and social media and post everything they think. And it's all fine until you say something the CCP doesn't like, and then you just disappear to a, a uh, re-education facility, you know? Yeah. And yeah. That, that's, it could easily go that way here. You know, we're not that far, far off the way things are going. We really aren't. Definitely. And another but... aspect to that is if you get addicted to all the views and whatnot, if you don't get those views, you may fall into a depression cycle. I've heard many stories of like YouTubers that have mm -hmm. quit YouTube or just get really depressed when one of their videos doesn't do as well as they should. Like a drug addiction. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. they're addicted to that dopamine. dopamine it's hit that from dopamine life. meme. Like whenever, whenever yeah. I first started that, seeing that terminology come out with the you know the term like. I just, it was immediately cringe-inducing, and it just gave me a guttural negative response um, the first time I heard it, because I knew, like, this is going to cause people to go crazy, you know? Like, they're going to, like, you can't, you can't have a mechanism that tries to quantify how much people like you and expect it to not drive people insane. Um, and that's one of the things about social media in general that I think is really destructive and dangerous, especially to... Um, um, young young girls and things like that that are really um, you know their psychological state is really dependent on on you know how they perceive themselves and, and how other people perceive them and things like that um, it's really dangerous to oh, yeah. like condition people like that well, that being said my yeah. co-host over here has been a little quiet I want to hear his opinions on Twitter Facebook YouTube the big three uh, what are your thoughts on it John uh, then you are in my top eight. Oh wait, we're not talking about MySpace. My bad. Uh, I'm like, wait, top eight? What's what? I'm young and never censored no button. I'm right. young enough to not even know anything about MySpace. God, God, God bless Tom. What a man. He was smart. Almost, he sold him. Almost just everybody's friend. He didn't censor no one. Right. Everybody yeah. turned their back on him. Poor Tom. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, I mean, I'm just, I've been enjoying hanging out, um, listening to what, what you guys have to say. Uh, a few things um, from what Wibbit was talking about. I think an important thing to know um, 
about YouTube, not just with the algorithms that YouTube is putting out, but over the last few years, you probably, sh I would hope, have people have noticed that YouTube is more focusing on established content like the late night shows, Saturday Night Live, uh, news uh, like uh, MS, uh, NBC, and CNN and stuff like that. Like almost more like yeah. they're trying to um, curate uh, more of a be more like an entertainment center uh, versus uh, spending time with the content creators that made the platform viable in the first place. And I believe it was Tim Pool who even said, "In um, I'm I'm sure." other live content creators whether i agree with them or not um actually would actually get better ratings than most cable news and, and network shows and television shows so like youtube essentially over the last few years have just abandoned what would literally be a cash cow for them in order to, I guess what it almost feels like is sell out or be more establishment. Um, and then you have the stupid, ridiculous stuff like they um, they want they want people to create shorts. They don't they don't want content creators to create content. They they want to to force them to um, make short little TikTok videos because these little kids have five second uh, super mega crazy ADHD um, uh, time spans of, of, of what they can and yeah, TikTok, can't TikTok watch. TikTok needs to be banned like yesterday uh, but, because yeah, it but, is really seriously destroying people's attention spans. And not only that, it's, it's, used, it's, a, it's a literal spy tool. It well, turns yeah, your device, it, your, your, and, your and, smartphone into a listening device. Right, and I'm and I'm not even I'm not even talking about the 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 evils of, of TikTok, and and I'm sure we'll get into that later. But but you get what I'm you understand what I'm saying is is that YouTube is trying to force content creators to create content that a they either don't want to or 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 uh, uh, or force them to learn a new format when the one that they have. Is, is working quite well and and then you could you can look at the the live viewership of what a, a daily wire does or a tim pool or those guys and the numbers are can or could be up there if youtube really wanted to support the creator community that built them they, they could be pulling better numbers than cable tv and 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 it's free like they're not even paying for the content this is like this is free money for them that they are basically uh, they're not even wiping their butts with because they're not even sniffing it. I was just about um, to. Well, I mean, all that. these people at YouTube that are that are telling creators. Wait, 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 hold, hold on, Ronan. What, ben, what were you saying? <laughs> I was just about to ask that the content creators making these shorts. I remember hearing somewhere. Once again, fact check me on that. That the content creators make no money from it. It all goes to YouTube. Is that correct? It's it, it's changed now. I think you make like a couple of bucks if your video hits a million views, like ten bucks or something. Ah, uh, so, <laughs> right. You're not ma you're not making any money. That's yeah. It's basically nothing still. And you're not. And you're yeah. So uh, what were you gonna say, Ronan? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, the people that are that are telling these creators to do this are all morons. They're just trying to chase the the TikTok demographic because that's what they think is important. They, because they, you know, they they're jealous of TikTok. Is what you know it is. These people that work at YouTube, 
And it's really silly because that's not why people go to YouTube. People go to YouTube to watch long form video discussions. You know, that's why, you know, people love things like Joe Rogan and, and these long podcasts and stuff like that. Um, or they go to watch, you know, 10 to 30 minute videos on a particular subject. Um, but I mean, the whole YouTube shorts thing, I personally, I can't stand watching it. Like I've clicked on it once or twice. And the thing that really gets me is everything is in this, this, you know, nine by 16 phone, you know, vertical format, which is it, it, incredibly annoying to try and watch anything on when you're, when you're watching it on a monitor. Um, so it just assumes everybody's watching stuff only on their smartphones. Um, which is bizarre to me, but you know, they're, they're just, they don't communicate anything. They're just stupid, pointless videos that never have anything of value worth watching. And they're, they're, they're no good for anything beyond, you know, a 50 second meme video, <laughs> really like it's, it's, you know, it's cause they don't want to have serious discussions on YouTube. They don't want to deal with all, all the political commentary and all this stuff. They just want, you know, little sound bites and, and things like that, little little quips and um, stuff like th that's on TikTok. But it just, it, it, you know, all that just really is detrimental to society. It really just turns everybody into morons. Um, and I can't stand seeing content like that. But it, it's, it is funny that they keep for, trying to force creators to do all this kind of stuff when it's really, it's probably going to be detrimental to, to their platform as a whole. Um, well, they'll, they'll, but, they'll, they'll, they'll force content creators to do the next big thing if it's not made by them. So, um, and but and that's, that's but that but that's because that's YouTube's model. That's 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 what they do. Um, and I I didn't agree with trending. right. And I didn't disagree with any of what you were saying, Wibbit. I just it, that was kind of like my, my thing. I wanted to add to um, your statements on on YouTube. So please don't think I was like. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think yeah, that also yeah. brings that brings up a new point you were just mentioning. It's like they're they're chasing trends. That's what they're doing. They're trying yeah. to do something that they're that they're not really good. YouTube is not really that good. I tried also looking at those shorts. They're not they're not they're not that great. I don't think that's where YouTube excels at. And they're gonna tr they're trying to force themselves. They're trying to fit a mold. Uh, they're they're trying to fit a mold onto themselves because that's what I see on TikTok. And I don't use TikTok either. But to yeah. me, well, that's, you know, they're, they're trying to be TikTok. They're trying to be broadcast television at the same time, and they're trying to be Netflix, and they're trying to be everything but YouTube, because yeah. for some reason YouTube doesn't want to be YouTube anymore, and, and, and to, it's really me, yeah. That, to me, that also sim sim signifies what we're also seeing a lot of now. It's a lack of originality. Everything's trying yeah. to just be something else that they're not and that's where you lose what makes some what makes it unique you lose the the unique factor the individual and even yeah. the individual factor they're trying to make they're trying to fit when was the last time you went, went to the weird part of youtube remember that when you could just go yeah. to the weird part of youtube and just get lost for hours you can't even really do that anymore because like yeah you know i just don't think just they, I, just, into... I just don't think they want to pay anybody yeah, well, no, just... that's not it at all, um, John. They they pay idiots absurd amount of money to do stupid things. I know, um, but I don't think they want to because think about how much money it costs them to run YouTube and the servers and all that information. Yeah. It would it would be a, it would be a whole lot easier if they had to pay a whole lot less people. But but anyway, so so we're we're getting off topic. Well, the way the way the, the business is built, that's not really an issue at this point. Everything's calculated to to a degree where they they're not losing money on on hosting or anything like that. 
but they right. do they're, change they're not making more money yeah so. but the reason that they're catering more towards corporate audiences is because that's who their advertisers are so they want to keep them happy um and so they work yeah, out these deals and they do promoted channels with like you know that's why that's why anytime you watch any sort of political commentary video your next suggested video is either going to be sky news australia or fox news um you know because they say oh you this guy likes right-wing stuff so we're going to put his, some mainstream you know right-wing channel on there and um or or alternatively you know they'll try and suggest to you know cnn or msnbc um well, you know, if you're watching uh, like Destiny or, you know, uh, um, uh, Young Turks or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, so 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 back to back to uh, back to the question at hand. So what are my thoughts on social media like Twitter? Um, it, all, all in all, on, in all honesty, I think um, I think social medias and uh, for the most part, the Internet has uh, essentially caused the destruction of the world. It's a big reason why the world is the way it is today. It is destroying civilization and civil conversation. Are there positives? Yes, sure. There can be positives. Um, for Twitter, as, as much as a hellscape that Twitter is, there's a few things that Twitter can be really, really good for breaking news at the moment if done properly like uh for instance the riots watching the riot coverage on twitter just seeing people's videos that were posted as these things happen um was very illuminating um you can also see you know what and i don't want to talk about no, you ukraine i don't want to talk, hold, hold on but, hey, hey so I, I don't want to talk about ukraine but you you can see um, you can see folks deconstructing the propaganda of, of Ukraine in real time um, on Twitter. And not to say that you couldn't do that in other places, but I think Twitter is very unique in that it happens a lot quicker than somebody sitting down, writing an article, getting it edited, and then getting it posted onto a website and then turning around and promoting it. You, you, can, you can see the breakdown of a politician lying um, if, if they're given a speech. So, so there are certain things that are very unique, but overall, um, the, the, the YouTubes, the, the Facebooks, the Twitters, all, all that stuff has overall, at least to me, been extremely, uh, detrimental to society as a whole. And I, I, I really believe that it has ended more friendships than it has made. And it has also allowed bad people to fester in areas that they have no right being in and it's also allowed people to prey upon children and and folks that uh, aren't quite as well versed in the internet uh, ronan and i both come from a time period where we grew up with uh you know 800 pound computers uh, yes and no it's a joke but because there were 800 pound computers but you know giant computers um and, and they weren't they well they weren't in every home the personal computer minus like you know the macintosh too but even then th those th they were not in every home so ronan and i had to uh, you know go outside we had to we had to go play um if we were in how if we were in the house tinkering we were probably tinkering with really cool stuff or we were playing legos or we were using our imagination we were using our brain um now parents all they do is they they stick a phone or a tablet in front of their kid's face 
to pacify them and then these parents go do whatever the hell they want to do with uh y you know without being an actual parent so it's also created a super uh super duper lazy society um and it's really made for some um really uh, excuse my language shitty parenting um from a lot of people i can tell you as a dad of, of two kids I, I go to the store i can't tell you how many parents i see have their kids sitting in a shopping cart and and their faces are glued to a phone or a tablet and it's the parents and the parents don't care yep yeah yeah as it's someone, a it's a garbage babysitter yeah and as yeah. someone who's who's worked in the public education setting i can also attest to that even the public education setting is already promoting a lot of that use for kids who are in the classroom right well, but, but it also it also affects a child's um focus they have less focus in real life they don't pay attention to adults and people and so that's what i think overall i i i didn't mean to take so long to get there i do apologize everyone no so but that, that that's kind of my overall feelings um while there are some good things and i only twitter was like my one example there there are I, listen i put i put stuff on youtube I it's think we could fun. do a whole episode about like the uh, the effect on kids that uh, growing up with these tablets is having, and and not only that, but the, the type of content that gets fed to them. Oh sure, and uh, and we're, yeah. and, I, and I didn't yeah. really even I didn't even mention the fact that these kids, I have my oldest play soccer. These kids, they don't know how to interact with uh, with each other. My kids like going to be four years old here this month. None of these kids. And Ronan, you, you wouldn't be surprised, but you know, if you think about to four-year-old yourself or like uh, siblings, four-year-old siblings, you couldn't get four-year-olds to to stop hanging out with each other. It was like pulling teeth um, when I was a kid. Like even if I didn't know the even if I didn't know the person that I they were my best freaking friend in the entire world, and um, you literally had to take a a, a crane to pick me up and move me because there was, you know, no way in hell I was going to not hang out with my new friend I just met 30 or 40 minutes ago in the park. None of these kids yeah. talk to each other. None of them, none of them, none, none of them. My kid is so, none, none, my, my kid is so weird because she, she goes, yeah, my kid is so weird because she, my, my kid's trying to talk to other children and go, hi, my name's so-and-so. Uh, what's your name? And these kids don't know what to do. So, anyways, sorry about that. That's my uh, that's my overall rant on just I guess the I, internet, I, I, the internet in general. I know fully grown adults that behave the same way. That I know grown ass men that don't know how to fucking talk to another person. You know, um, and there's there's all you, you there's all kinds of these people. Like if you go on VR chat, there's all kinds of people like this that don't even they they they're too afraid to talk to you in VR. You know, they're mutes in VR, <laughs> and they use like text to speech and stuff to communicate because they're too uncomfortable to speak. Uh, so I'm not I physically just, capable of it, but they, I don't they just even don't want to think about that. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, it's really common. It's it's scarily common. Um, so like, it's so much worse than 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 you understand, John. You, you've touched on an important thing there, but it's not just with young kids. These stuff. This has been going on for at least fifteen years. Um, and no, I know. I, under, I understand. I understand that. But you, you, again, like you were saying, this conversation can could and should and would be much longer. But we also have other points we we need to make sure that that we hit. 
Um, and I'm just kind of yeah, bringing up a very, a very, a very general conversation. Now. I think we've kind of beaten the first question to death. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even touched it yet. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and throw my sense into the ring real quick. Uh, everyone pre here presented very interesting uh, points in their in the topic. Um, one thing that I do want, or a few things I do want to hit on real quick. Uh, there's something that I've heard called the Fifty Cent Army. It's when specifically China, I'm sure there's other countries that do the same thing, that goes and hire, quotes, hires content creators to upvote or publicize pro-Chinese ideology, or pro-CCP, I should say. Uh, we don't talk about this. <laughs> oh no, the podcast on, is on the bad list for china yeah the, the 50 cent army is um it's actually mostly chinese prisoners but they do have um they do have professionals that that run businesses and organizations in china that are that revolve around uh, social media manipulation and propaganda oh, operations yeah. like typically run the operations and then the uh, um they, they call it the 50 cents army because like um in a lot of cases are paid 50 cents per post you know yeah. um the ones that are paid you know the prisoners obviously are not paid they just you know you do it or else but yeah, um, we were yeah, talking about the rapper, rapper. <laughs> yeah. the rapper. there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover between the 50 cent army and uh little pinks which are you know uh these sort of jangoistic chinese nationalists right um i get that you see online but yeah that's something that people need to understand that just because uh pro other countries get voted or whatever doesn't necessarily mean they're real people i'm not saying all of them are fake i'm not saying none of them are fake i'm saying that you have to keep that in mind with social media uh with that being said another point that i want to bring up that i'm surprised hasn't been brought up yet this is a whole argument that it's a private company they can do whatever they want which personally i 100 percent disagree with that um i Going in just general, I believe there's exceptions to every rule. In this sense, social media platforms like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter are all exceptions to the, oh, we're a private company, we can do whatever they want. They're making money off of their users, so therefore they need to promote their users first and foremost. That means they should not be allowed to ban somebody just because their political opinions differ from somebody else. Like I believe Ronan brought up, there's blocking features on every single platform. A person should be able to block someone they don't want to hear because in real life, if you come across somebody saying something you disagree with, you can just walk away. It's even easier on the internet. We don't need these big corporations to babysit what is uh, speech, free speech, First Amendment. Um, Going yeah, back to and I surprise. think I'm not surprised when the stock for Twitter fell so much <laughs> yeah. after Donald Trump was removed. Exactly. Yeah, and you're, you're touching on the, the concept of regulation here, which can kind of cut both ways. Like a lot of people think of regulation in most cases as restricting a business's ability to do to operate or do some of the things they might want to do. But in a sense, regulation can be used in a positive way for something like this to ensure that it remains. Um, open to everybody in a fair way you know a good example of this is 
when civil rights regulation forced businesses not to discriminate against people based on race and things like that, or race or sex or whatever. Um, so something akin to that, that, that sort of exactly. lays down a better foundation for social media companies to force them to behave as a public square um, if they want to be a social media company and get all the protections that come along with that, which you know involve Section 230 and basically revolve around them not being punished for the things that their users do. Because that was the big thing when it came when a lot of these websites first started coming around in the early 2000s, is um, there was a big concern about you know it used to be if you put something on your website you were somewhat liable to to that you know you could if you were putting up something that that caused harm to a company or a person you know you could get sued over it so they, the, the the section 230 stuff was was designed to prevent companies from from being liable for the things that their users do because it was just you know it's just too much too hard. For, for us to, um, you know, review everything that gets posted on the website, which is true. Um, but, you know, when, you when they, about it. They, can't, they can't also use that as a shield to do whatever they want, you know, and oh, yeah. then it becomes an issue of like, you know, you have these organizations and oftentimes political organizations or even foreign foreign governments that are infiltrating organizations like, like Twitter. Like see, the CCP has spies that work within Twitter and use it to punish dissidents. They go after dissidents and things like that, um, that post on Twitter using VPNs. And, you know, they also help promote um, the uh, Chinese propaganda and try and give it an air of legitimacy. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that that does go on. Oh. And, you know, you can't, you can't leave it up to these businesses to, to do the right thing when it comes to freedom of speech. And, and basic human rights and things like that. Yeah, um, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge you... capitalist, but that is one of the downsides of capitalism. You cannot expect big corporations to do the right thing for the individual. Uh, Charlie, you were going to say something real quick. Yeah, and w when you actually think about it, uh, all the censoring based off of, like political ideology, you could argue that those are civil rights violations right there. And they could be liable for essentially uh, discriminating against any of their content creators or anyone who uses the website based off of their like political ideology and stuff like well, that. Because like um, regulations and laws definitely have a long way to catch up when it comes to protecting content creators because it's it's really unfair that somebody could build their entire business and identity around a particular platform and then that platform can just go and decide that they don't want to do business with them anymore and turn off their um turn off their their youtube page turn off their facebook page turn off their paypal account and confiscate all their funds which has happened a lot lately um where they can yeah. like you, you have an account on paypal you're getting you know uh, you may have a million dollars in donations sitting there and they can just take it away and there's you have almost no recourse um as a regular person yeah and, and, there needs to be and they lot. always like to talk about how remedy that sorry sorry uh, sorry about that uh no problem go and, on charlie and you they always like to talk about how uh like they're there's always they're always trying to say oh well they're a private company there's not they're not really trying to like work together or anything it's pretty dang obvious when somebody gets censored has their paypal shut down has their twitter account shut down and facebook and all that stuff like it's pretty obvious that these people are all working together to discriminate against you specifically oh yeah a prime yeah. example of that is alex jones 
in a course of one yeah. weekend, he was banned off of Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Store. Like, there's a thing. It, it, like, it's hard to say that right now they have a legal right to do that, and that needs to change because it shouldn't be possible for a bunch of corporate, um, exactly, you know, friends to get together and deperson somebody just because they don't like what they're saying. People, that over, that kind of thing shouldn't be possible. People legally. overlook the whole Silicon Valley. It's a whole bunch of big corporations literally neighboring each other to assume that they don't yeah. actually talk with each other. In my personal opinion, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but it's not Eve. They have communications with each other. It's flat out obvious. If you're, um, yeah. if you're a restaurant owner, you want to know what other restaurants are doing. Um, with that being said, I'm going to move on to my next bullet point here that I wanted to bring up that was brought up earlier that I'm surprised no one actually said it. Um, Y'all were talking about algorithms earlier in the form of YouTube and uh, something that people need to understand on top of everything that was said. Algorithms do not understand context. If you're playing a video game, like a first person shooter, if you say, oh, kill that guy, kill that guy, kill that guy. For the record, we probably just got censored because I just said that. <laughs> but they don't understand this is in context of the video game. It's not actually a murder situation. Algorithms do not understand context. And that's something that uh, viewers need to understand that I think uh, a lot of them may yeah. overlook. Um, and elaborate on that, it's not just that algorithms don't understand context. A lot of times manual review processes don't properly understand the context as well because you you may be having a um, underpaid worker in the Philippines or Indonesia or India reviewing a, a posting and English isn't their first language and they're just following a list of guidelines and looking for specific keywords and saying, oh, this keyword is in this post. Okay, this isn't allowed. And they don't really care or understand the context because um you know the the culture and the language isn't their you know their first language um so it, it's not even just algorithms it can oftentimes be the outsourced staff that's reviewing a lot of this stuff doesn't understand the context that is true too thank you ronan <laughs> but yeah it's something that people need to understand is that algorithms do not understand context and like you said certain situations people don't understand context uh, with that being said, I actually want to pass it back over to John because I know recently he had a video that got shut down. Would you like to share that story with everybody? Sorry if I'm putting yeah. you on the spot. If you don't no. want to, you can just go ahead and say no. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, I had a, a six-year-old video of uh, my wife. My Well, there was three separate videos that were all done on a cell phone, uh, but it was uh, my wife myself and my friend went to a uh, indoor shooting range we practiced all the correct uh, shooting safety guidelines uh, regardless of what people think of uh, shooting it's very important to make sure you uh, shoot safely um, and um, they randomly six almost seven years later my video was removed because the uh, I, I I'm gonna say it was the algorithm uh, deemed that my wife was a child, and because it deemed my wife was a child, I was in violation of YouTube's rules of 
putting a child in a dangerous situation. So there's a, there's quite a few, there's quite a lot to break down in that. First off, the fact that if a child is shooting a gun responsibly, she's with adults and her parents who are also there monitoring the situation the entire time. That child is not in danger. Um, so I I get this message at probably like seven in the morning. I uh, instantly hit the respond uh, button to say, uh, hey, no, 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 you got this all wrong. Um, this is my wife, who was 27 years old at the time. We were in a, a shooting range. We had all the PPE. Uh, we were conducting ourselves completely and totally safely. Uh, you, you guys got this wrong. Within three minutes, I got a response from YouTube saying, nope, I don't think so. This, uh, this video is, in fact, uh, a violation of our terms and service. Now you have a permanent, um, it wasn't a strike, but it was like that permanent warning, that first thing before a strike. Um, and, it, again, so obviously somebody did not, it couldn't have been a person, first off, that responded. It had to have been a robot that uh, maybe they just hit a button to rewatch it and said no. Um, so I actually did go on Twitter and I said, hey, at Team YouTube, um, you know, what? basically what the hell's going on? Uh, you are telling me that my 27-year-old wife, who's safely shooting a gun, <laughs> um, is a child, and there are two other videos that were posted within mere minutes of that video that did not get taken down that were not in violation of your terms. And um, it probably, it, it wasn't quite, it wasn't 24 hours, but it was probably, I think it got returned around, I don't know, maybe nine or 10, uh, no, actually it was more, probably closer to midnight Pacific time. Um, when the video got turned back on, on YouTube, but I wasn't even notified. And I actually still don't even know if I have a permanent warning on my my YouTube account, even though it even though it was restored. Um, so yeah, in this case, like Ronan's saying, like there are there there are there are not enough actual people sitting there watching the content. I don't think they. I mean, it, it, they would have to employ a lot of people to make sure that every piece of content gets. Um, reviewed, but I'm sure there are also ways that they could streamline it if the algorithm picks something out, send it to a human to watch, and, and maybe even reach out to the creator for context if they're having a hard time deciding what the heck is going on. But I, I can tell you, my wife was not a child, because, uh, you know, she gave birth to my oldest daughter, you know, just a few, just a few short years afterwards. So, um, yeah, I was pretty pissed though. Not gonna lie. There's a few points on that uh, instance I do want to bring up uh, is the fact that one, I want to reiterate that the time that when you first respond to YouTube, not on the Twitter, just responding to YouTube saying, "Hey, this isn't right," they responded back so quickly that there was no time for them to actually watch the video. Is that, did I understand that right? It was a nine second video, but okay. I, I used the, you know, the, the system to fight 
you know, because they have the, the you know, do you want to do you want to fight this? Well, yeah. And so I, I spent more time writing the message to them than they spent responding back to me to say no. And I gave them full context. I said, here are the other videos. Here's the shooting gallery. Um, this was the age of my wife. This was my age of the time. This was the age of my friend. Um, the the uh, And then I, I even said, here, this video was, uh, my wife's video was the first one uploaded. Then mine, and then my friends, and it was at this time my wife's, this time mine, and this time my friends. Why aren't these other videos struck down? Uh, so, so, you know, stuff like that. So, I probably spent like 10 minutes constructing this message full of context and everything that they needed to know, and within three minutes they said no. And then when you responded to them on Twitter or messaged out to them on Twitter, it was overturned and you got your video back. Yeah, um, I think it took them about two hours to respond. I was actually really surprised. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think they would actually respond back to me. Um, but I, 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 I would say I think, and I'm not trying to play in, into the, uh, the, the like algorithm, but enough random people saw that um, that I guess maybe YouTube felt like they had to respond because within like 30 minutes of posting it, I, I probably had like 25 likes and a couple of retweets. Uh, and these are, again, all people that that don't follow me, people I don't know, these people never followed me even after the message, but they, I guess, liked that I reached out. I don't know. Damage control. And if I'm not mistaken, Wibbit, did you mention that you had a instance like this also at some point? Yeah, it was also on YouTube, and I don't think it was as, uh, wasn't as, uh, uh, difficult as, uh, sophomore John's experience sounded, but uh, I did post, it was about last year, I I posted a uh, just a gameplay video from the game Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Um, as some of you might be familiar with that, so it's a give you first-person shoot about, you know, fighting Nazis. Um, it, nice. it was it was a video where I where I fight Nazis in the uh, in the Supreme Court because in that game the the Nazis take over the American government. And so the Supreme Court has been turned into a Nazi court, and I was apparently standing trial in the story. Um, and I break free of that trial, and I start killing the Nazis in the in the court in the Supreme Court house. And I uploaded that. It was just I didn't even have commentary. It was just a gameplay video of me shooting the Nazis in that setting. And a lot of other people have also posted that. I uploaded it, and I think in less than a day, uh, I got I got a notification. It was struck down. And um, I think I had, I think I had a, I'm not sure if it was a strike or something uh, listed on my channel. Um, so that, that video was removed within like a day because it apparently violated some kind of rule. I don't know if they said it was hate speech or something. I can't remember what the exact uh, terms were. So what did I do? I appealed that whole thing. I, I, uh, I had good reason to, because I also saw that um, other people had uploaded a very same, the very same gameplay segments on their own channels on that. That's and within the same time frame, they didn't get, they didn't get deleted. And so I, I, um, I appealed it 
by also setting example, other people have uploaded this. Why am I the one that gets censored? And uh, uh, not too long after that, YouTube didn't say anything, uh, but they re they restored my video, and that was that was an interesting experience because I I got to see what's going on, and I I um I had to fight. Yeah, I think that brings up an interesting point about um the the way the algorithm isn't applied equally. So like. Mm -hmm. You know the 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 big corporations um, YouTube channels they're not going to be um, policed the same way you're, um, a like a big video game creator is or a um, big video game creator versus somebody like you that's just got a small channel. Um, they're going to let the like because with smaller lesser known channels they're going to treat harsher algorithmically because those are likely you know in a lot of cases you know the, the way they're looking at it from from building it from a tech perspective is um if somebody's like creating a new account and uploading shady content you know it's not going to have a lot of followers or not going to have a lot of subscribers and stuff like that so below a certain certain threshold they'll treat content more harshly with an algorithm or police it more with an algorithm that way where um channels with a lot of subscribers um are going to be treated differently because um you know, there's going to be there's a little more allowance for context and stuff like that. It's less likely that they're going to be uploading, you know, something illegal or, um, you know, it's like um, full-on hate speech or whatever, you yeah. know, if you can define what hate speech is, you know, it's, I think it's kind of a, a and, BS concept. And, and an interesting um, thing about that uh, that gameplay video, I, which uh, thankfully it's still up, nothing has happened since... Um, interesting thing like i mentioned it's a video of me shooting up nazis in the in the nazi controlled supreme court in that in that game world the interesting thing is i uploaded that video on february 13th 2021 and it's you know again keep in mind set in the, in the in a courtroom of nazis what happened on february 13 2021 that was the day we received news that donald trump was acquitted from the second impeachment and i'm call me a conspiracy theorist but I feel like there is something going on there because I I post a video about shooting Nazis in a Nazi-controlled Supreme Court, and that happened to be on the same day that that Donald Trump was acquitted from the court that was doing a witch hunt on him. I'm wondering, you know, again, call me a little crazy. I just I just have to bring that up for some reason. Some people it's say the there timing. are no coincidences. <laughs> <laughs> That's... There are no accidents. <laughs> Were you going to say <laughs> something there, Charlie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I wasn't there. I lost my train of thought. So no problem. Uh, if you get your train of thought back, just uh, speak up and we'll backtrack. Um, it, real... Hey, real quick, w yep. it, what, yeah. what do you think would have happened if you had posted that video the day that Roe Roe v. Wade was overturned? Um. Probably probably would have gotten promoted really i'm not <laughs> i'm not sure i actually haven't been i don't think i posted any videos in the time that that happened already because i've been a little not not so active on youtube anymore <laughs> but oh I, good interesting found, point though found my train of thought awesome yeah. and another thing so. uh like if the system that they build for recourse is designed to fail there does need to be like a way to go around that failed uh, system of recourse to hold people accountable for when they falsely accuse you of something and remove your content and you do need to uh, 
talk to an actual person and not an AI who's been programmed to just tell you, no, we think you're right, you're wrong, and we're going to strike you down. Like, there well, needs the to be... Thing that like, we need to be addressed regulation where, like, you know, I do think that we need to have, like, um, if we ever get, you know, some, some sane government, uh, again, on the federal level, having regulation against social media companies that requires a, a per, an actual person to review something, this kind of thing within a reasonable time frame so that people's livelihoods aren't destroyed when, whenever they're caught up in this kind of stuff, um, you know, is very gonna, it's going to be very important. And I think, you know, we still have most, most politicians, even on the, um, you know, this, that are sort of tech savvy, don't really talk about this kind of stuff that that needs to be addressed, um, because there's a lot of issues like this that that do need to be um, dealt with um, in terms of making sure people get a proper review process. Because right now you're basically guilty until proven innocent, and then you can't you can't get a hold of anybody really well, get in touch with anybody without trying to you know embarrass them on Twitter. That's that's yeah. The, that's the other thing, Ronan. You bring up a great point: is that most of the people, not not only at the federal level but the state level, know absolutely nothing about tech, and yeah. they don't actually understand. The only person that I could that I can currently think of, and they are not uh, currently serving, but they are running a campaign out in um, in Arizona, is Blake Masters. He would be the, actually, he would be the only one. He would be the the top person that understands technology better than anybody at a federal level, uh, in the um, in in, yeah. in in the House. And and I know he's running for Senate, but it it would be both. I don't even think the folks at the uh, FCC. Yeah, under, and it's not just media that needs to have a lot of work done on the regula regulatory side. Oh, it's no, the I, I'm, I'm, well. I'm, I'm saying, oh. well, I'm, I'm just saying in all of computer technology, everything from, you know, Twitter to a, a blog space or whatever, like, uh, there are not enough politicians that actually understand, well, there's not enough politicians that actually understand really anything that they're doing, but uh, more, more specifically, when you talk about people like uh, Mark Zuckerberg or uh, Jack Dorsey going up in front of Congress, the, these folks, or, or, or the Senate, the, the, either the House or the Senate, these folks don't know what questions to ask them. Because there are yeah. questions that they can ask them, and it will make them look very, very, very bad, and it will prove a very good point. And that, that, that's regardless of what side of the aisle politically you are on. They're all just ignorant. And maybe that's on their staff too. But these people really, if they're going to be writing laws and regulations, these people actually need to know what the hell they're talking about. Because they're the ones that actually have to write this instead of writing something that's so vague and... Um, and again, like when, 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 when 2.30 was constructed, the internet was very young. Nobody really knew what it was going to be, but we're, you know, 20 plus years past that. It's gotta be, it's gotta be different. It's gotta be updated because, um, technology moves faster than these people's brains. And that's yeah. just, that's just oh, honest about the truth. Yeah, and I mean, and, and, and even from a national security perspective, like they never really conceived of the potential of some an organization like the CCP 
literally, you know, subverting these Western cor corporations by getting uh, spies and um, stuff um, installed at the highest levels of um, company leadership. Um, and, you know, Bing, now they have, they have people on Reddit, they have people on, you know, Facebook, and, um, I mean, they, they fully control TikTok directly um, through ByteDance, and, um, you know, any, any, any phone with TikTok on it, you know, they can read your files and text messages and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but that's also but that's also on the tech companies because they would they would rather outsource their work or bring in cheap labor from other countries than actually pay people here in the states probably the way the wages that they do deserve because they've uh, they've gone to school or whatever. In China, they bring like China will send people over here, get them, put them through Western college, um, build an entire fake identity for them. And get them a job working at Twitter headquarters in San Francisco, things like that. Like but they, you get, but, they, but you get what I'm saying because it, it's not I, just China. They're they're bringing in people from India, all all across the all over the world, and it's just as easy for somebody like China to send their people to these other countries where they know they're gonna get they're gonna get those visas, and they're gonna get hired at companies like the yeah, Facebook yeah, and nationals. Yeah, decisions about censoring american speech for an american company in america and it's it's you know like these are this is a situation that they couldn't have conceived of in 2000 oh yeah <laughs> on that note i'm gonna move on to the next bullet point that i had here uh still on the twitter facebook youtube part for uh youtube and twitter i don't have a lot to say that hasn't already been said um, for YouTube, my impression of YouTube, they're the best out of the three when it comes to like not censoring. There's still issues, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to downplay them. Um, as far as like things like YouTube Shorts or YouTube trying to become Netflix, my impression is that it's just capitalism at play. YouTube is just trying to copy everything. With that being said, I think, real quick, going around the table, would you rather have YouTube Shorts or TikTok? Uh, let's start with Ronan. I, I don't see any good reason for either to exist, to be honest. If one has, to, I get your point, but if one has to exist, which one would you prefer? Um, well, not TikTok because TikTok is uh, the CCP data collection um, channel, and so I mean that just not that just really needs to be banned as soon as possible. Okay. Um, Charlie, what are your thoughts? YouTube Shorts or TikTok? Uh, I would rather keep YouTube Shorts than TikTok because let's. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna outright say it. TikTok is quite frankly an international security threat because yeah. they're literally subverting entire civilizations through the use of this app that they have. While because you know yeah. in China they're yeah. encouraging it's some people to. People and politicians around the world through TikTok and things like that. Just it's it's mind boggling. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's insane. And uh, Wibbit, TikTok or YouTube Shorts? I mean, this is honestly a lesser of two evils kind of discussion, but it is. I just have to, <laughs> I just have to go maybe with YouTube Shorts because I already have a YouTube account. I do not have TikTok and do not plan to participate in that platform. So honestly, why why would I want to prefer that platform? If uh, if if the YouTube's uh, shorts are the lesser of the two evils, I'll just have to go with that. That's the poison I'll have to go with for now. 
Okay. And because and it's really just for that reason. I don't have as many the the bigger, wider, wide reaching reasons you guys stated. It's just more a simple reason. I just I just don't use TikTok. All right. And then John, TikTok or YouTube Shorts? Rumble. <laughs> Rumble Shorts? Absolutely. That's fair. That was going to be my next point with YouTube is that a good alternative to YouTube is Rumble. No. But no, I actually, I actually believe they're called Rumble Reels that just released on iOS. I mean, if I got to pick one of the two to act to actually answer your question, uh, YouTube's fine. Um, I, I I would say out of all the garbage shorts, if if I'm already following somebody, um, like um, I don't know the Manitowoc Minute or Ginger Billy, um, they, they can they're fairly hit or miss, but um, a good comedian can tell a good joke in a, in a short amount of time. But I'm going there, I'm watching those because I already know the type of content that those people have brought me in a shorter form, three to six minute kind of comedy video. Um, otherwise, I'm not going out of my way to watch new new shorts, does, if that makes sense. Uh, otherwise, because it just feels like it's a commercial. Yeah. 100%. Also, um. It's, if I'm not mistaken, if we're picking between these two, is TikTok is TikTok not on, only uh, isn't is TikTok really just built around that kind of format? Whereas YouTube, you can you have shorts, but you still have the regular videos, right? There's still more versatility with YouTube. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, so TikTok's on... like a, a, a ADHD version of, uh, of, of Twitter, but with pic with pretty pictures or idiots speaking words. Yeah. What was that thing? Uh, what was yeah. that thing that got shut down? Uh, I'm struggling to remember the name, but Vine? got shut down. Vine. Yeah. It's oh, pretty I much like it. Vine, except it's it really by shut China. down. They just kind of went out of business because their their business model was bad. Well, that and they, yeah. they yeah, Vine also had like four, uh, 55 second less videos. I think Vine was only five or seven seconds. Oh. Yeah, thank you for correcting me. No was like the 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 max uh, length of the video. I I found one good Vine video my entire life. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the reason why I asked that question, wanted to get everybody's opinions on it, is because I don't think I know my cousin and I've known a, a couple other people that use TikTok a lot. I don't think they realize how much information they give china which if uh call back to episode one of the podcast um how much the chinese communist party has control over our youth currently with that being said yeah. i don't want youtube to have control over our youth either but like everybody is saying the lesser of two evils i'd much rather take youtube shorts i'd much rather see youtube shorts succeed than tiktok uh, once yeah. we can get rid of, yeah, it doesn't because they're playing the long game, right? Like yep. they know if one of these kids becomes a politician later, they got all the dirt on them, and they can use that to control yeah. them. Oh yeah, and that's part of my thought process is okay. Let's say a future president gets into office and says, first day on the job, I'm banning TikTok." If he, if there isn't a replacement, it's going to cause a lot of backlash. With YouTube Shorts, 
YouTube Shorts is a replacement to TikTok. While it's not ideal, and it would, in my opinion, hurt YouTube if they only focused on Shorts, that was my thought process behind that whole conversation that we just had. Is I, I actually... You can literally build a TikTok clone app in a day if you know what you're doing. It's not yeah. a complicated app. Um, and, and, and I believe also Facebook has a... Well, Facebook's, Facebook has their own version of, of TikToks, and I, from my understanding, it actually does better than YouTube Shorts. Wouldn't surprise me. Really? Or the Facebook Stories, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Facebook, Facebook Stories. Yeah. For, for more than 10 seconds before I just want to lose my mind. But I, uh, I've i seen it, yeah. It, it, my it's, it's, those, I, I loathe it's exactly it. as stupid as TikTok is, so I imagine they probably share a lot of the same um, audience. But um, really, I, I don't think I don't think video platforms like that should be encouraged. I think they ruin attention spans, and they incur they they sort of devolve every conversation into sound bites. Um, it really prevent it from being even possible to have a conversation. It's more just people talking at each other, um, and ranting, and just being idiots, and just posting stupid pranks and meme videos for attention. You know, like. Uh, these stupid TikTok talent challenge videos and stuff like that. There's just there's there's no good that comes out of any of it. There's there's nothing good that comes out of anything like TikTok, and I don't think we should encourage. It. I think I think really this should, this whole video format should be banned. That's just my opinion. <laughs> That's a fair opinion. Yeah. That's a fair opinion, and I do think there's uh, evidence to back up your uh, comment with the short attention spans because it does encourage shorter attention spans. Uh, with that being said, we're gonna I'm gonna keep the conversation moving on to my thoughts about Twitter. When it comes to Twitter, I have a feeling that a good portion of the user base are just bots. I don't know the exact number. We had a whole thing with Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter. Um, surprisingly, this might be a controversial opinion, but I think Twitter is the second least worst out of the three. Twitter has a lot of positives that originally I never would have defended. You can even ask John. I was adamantly against Twitter. But he does have a point where news gets out really quickly on Twitter faster than any other platform. I do think we need something similar to that. With that being said, I have... I'm, a dozen platforms that could, do, that could serve that function. Exactly. You, know? you have Minds, Gab, Parler. You have Donald Trump's Truth Social. But they don't. Um, but yeah. they don't have the reach that um, that Twitter Twitter does. Exactly. Well, I mean, what do you mean they don't have the reach? Like, any they, they, everybody has the same access to those platforms as they do others. But the the reason that, like, I can't get I can't get on Truth Social on my phone. I don't have access to that. You mean you just you just hop on TruthSocial.com? It's it's web based. I want an app. I don't want a web based. It's on iOS, but it's not on Android. Oh, I'm pretty sure it is. Google, Google actually, in fact, recently banned it from the App Store, so you can just sideload the APK now. Um, yeah, but, that's but, all, but, 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 but that is a lot of work, and for a lot of people who don't, that don't even understand how, um, it, what you can do with your phone... Because there's, I listen. I worked for AT and T. I did Android support. I can't tell you how many, how many idiots don't know a single thing about their phone. So you're expecting somebody to load an APK or side load? I'm not. I I I, I, I totally I totally I, I totally. 
high school knowing how to do in my opinion in this day and age right um, but but there's still more older people that are using these phones at at the moment I, I i understand what you're saying but but understand that most people um are not going to they're not going to do that they're not going to sideload an apk it's just it's it's not worth it to them. It's too much work. They don't want to learn how to do it, or they don't they don't honestly care. Maybe that's the long lines I was hearing about Truth Social. Is it there's a there's like so? A no, I mean it's 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 been on iOS for a while, um, and then and so the long lines were for the iOS and for the um, web browser version of Truth, no. but. Um, yeah, they st they still haven't put out. I think they're just getting ready to beta test the Android. No, it's out. You can download it. And... Oh, let me get the URL. Um... Well, I mean, it, 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 and that's fine. But um, I, it, I, I still I don't get the reach on Truth as yeah, I do yeah. on on Twitter. Yeah, truth social slash sideload. Like it's super easy to find out. Um, again, yeah. again though, most people aren't going to want to do that. Yeah, but most of the most of the people that don't want to do that, they're not interested in using Truth Social anyway. Well, I'm I'm interested in using it, but I don't want to sideload it. I know how to do it, but you know, but that's just me. You're just downloading a file and running it. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> it's not that hard. I know it's I know it's not the that problem hard. Often, unfortunately, the problem oftentimes is that it's all about convenience. Yep. A lot of people want things to be convenient for them. So even if they have to do like one or two extra steps, to them it's unfortunately not worth it. And that's well, unfortunate because well, you do need to... <laughs> This is why we can't have nice things, guys. You don't want to put in the effort, you're not going to have nice things. But at the same time, I can say that if True Social doesn't want people on their product, they're not putting out the effort. If they want people on Android to have the product, put the product out. It where, is mo where, where, where most, where, where most regular Americans are going to get the app from the App Store, yeah. not sideloading. If, if the App Store is controlled by, by Google and decides you can't be on the App Store, then you have to sideload it, you know? That's just the way it is. Like, that's how, that's the problem with the censorship stuff. Hey, I don't, disagree. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I actually agree with you. Um, a platform, you know, then, like, really, they, like, they're, they're used to, they used to care about this stuff in the 90s a bit more, but really, Google shouldn't be allowed to own the operating system and the primary distribution plat store for apps on the platform as well, because it's a monopoly issue. And it's the same way with Apple. Apple shouldn't be the only app store um, on Apple devices. There should be third-party app stores that you can use, like, um, because... The device itself should only be a tool and not a way of locking you into an ecosystem. And that's how corporations are allowed to do it these days with like Apple and Google is they lock and lock you into their ecosystem. At least with Google, you can download a third party app store that you can use to download Truth Social if you wanted to. And that that is a great point, but you can't expect people uh, 40 and up. To, to go out of their way to find other app stores when there's the convenience, like we were talking about earlier, of the Google App Store or the Apple App Store um, uh, right there. So uh, now maybe with the younger generation, that's, ob that's obviously very 
very different, and that's that's probably a whole other conversation uh, in and of itself. Uh, but I, I, I personally disagree that the age gap is really an issue because I know people in their sixties and seventies that are really good with this stuff, and I know people that are teenagers and in their early twenties that are complete idiots when it comes to technology. Um, and I don't, I don't think necessarily the age is the X factor there. I think a lot of people across all age demographics are just morons. Um, and you know, well, that goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that like, cause I, I've seen so many older people that are just really good with this stuff. They're like, sure. Insult our listeners. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. Continue. Yeah. Well, obviously they're smart. They're listening to us. Fair point. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, the consensus that I personally have been getting from this conversation is that a good portion of people, I don't know if it's a majority, I don't know if it's a minority, but a good portion prefer ease of access and familiar. I have problems saying this word, so if somebody can say it f before I can, please do. Familiar... <sighs> Familiarity. Thank Familiar. you. Thank you. Words. Guys, you were supposed to let him do this for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that word, people like those. We need two. content. <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> but yeah. That would have been a great TikTok. <laughs> people. <laughs> An audio only TikTok? Just but just yeah. put a just put a Pepe clown on there and it's golden. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, um, people like those two aspects a little too much, and I think that's why so many people are hesitant to um, swap over to other forms like Rumble, Gab, Minds, Parlor, True Social. Bit shoot Odyssey, so on and so forth. I can go on. Uh, real quick, I do want to mention the podcast currently is not being sponsored by any of these platforms. We are a lot of us are just huge um, supporters of these alternative platforms. I don't know if all the guests are, but I know me and John love Rumble, love Minds. We'd much rather be on Rumble and Minds than YouTube and Twitter. With that being said, for a job if, you would like, <laughs> if you would like to sponsor the show, please feel free to reach out to Ventornado or myself, and we will get you in contact with the proper management. You talk like me. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, moving on to the beast. I saved this one for last uh, of my three or many at this point bullet points here that I have is Facebook. I firmly believe Facebook is the worst out of all of the social media platforms, not because of the what you can see, but because of what the what you can't see. What do I mean by that? Recently, Mark Zuckerberg, I have to be very careful because I don't like saying his name, and if you watch my Twitter or Twitch and all that, you know, the alternative name that I like to give him. <laughs> um, he came out and said something to the extent of, correct me if I'm wrong, John, Ronan, Webbit, Charlie, um, that the FBI or it could have been the CIA came to him in the 2020 and said, watch out for Russian propaganda. There's this thing about a certain 
um, candidate's son's laptop that's floating around that could maybe be fake news. And two years later, we're finding out that all of the stuff that was labeled as fake news turned out to be real. Like this whole Hunter Biden scandal is... Oh, it almost, we, almost always is. Like If you have news that's getting censored, like the truth needs no laws to protect it. If you're, if, if you're having information that's not like inflammatory, not inciting violence type of stuff, and somebody is censoring it for some reason, you should really look at it closely. That's a good general rule of thumb. Uh, because exactly. most often there's some truth there. Um, you know, and yeah. that, that comes... Yeah, the only reason... There's ship revolving around the vaccines, the COVID stuff, um, the 2020 election, all those topics you should look very closely at. Um, because yeah, you're not, because there's a reason the that only you're not reason... being able to have an honest discussion about it. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. Go but, ahead. Uh, but um, the only possible reason that anyone could have uh, for covering up the truth would be if they're hiding either their involvement or something about them that they support and they are just like they're just terrified of what this could do to them personally. Yeah, it's often and a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, and a lot of people think that maybe, or that that somebody has to be like personally invested in some conspiracy to to do this kind of censorship, but it really doesn't. A lot of times, it's just simply people that are ideologically fragile and they they don't want to see information that contradicts their worldview. Um. And they do anything they can to hide it because it's the only way they can rationalize their position um, is to just not have of, any contradictory information out there. And that's kind of another downside of social media is that you have this echo chamber that just fortifies this reality that people have made for themselves. And once they actually go out into reality and they find something that's just barely slightly contradicts what they uh, they have perceived the world to be in. Uh, they freak out and they either shut down or they attack anyone who disagrees with them. Yeah, and, and you I see think, this a lot with and, like um, these people that have you ever seen these people that are like Disney adults? They're like uh, oh yeah, um, they live in a complete fantasy world where the where they think you know. Um, Every everything is you know swell and and just like you know they they sort of they sort of believe that they're you know the world is like that sort of Disney fantasy world, um, and they go around they think that you know um, people all over the world are basically good people and are not going to do anything bad to them and you know you you always run yeah, you always run very... people go off to like you know Mo Morocco and stuff like that and go hiking out in the mountains and then get you know, beheaded or something like that on a mountain bike, you know. It's, oh, yeah. it's, like, it's a very naive way of looking at the world. Yeah. People underestimate how dangerous the world can be, but uh, real quick, I love how you brought up echo chambers, uh, Charlie. That's actually one of the bullet points I skipped over <laughs> on the echo chamber part. It, it, before you go to echo chambers, yep. then I, one thing that's um, also important to remember is that um, – the person that was responsible for snuffing out, for instance, the Hunter Biden story on Facebook, 
was, I believe, was a former Obama uh, official at the White House who, when Obama finished his eight years, he got a job at Facebook. And then I believe he left Facebook once Biden was elected as president. Uh, so, and you can actually see the influx of when Obama left all all of his um, his A team because Biden basically got the C team with a few B teamers uh, until they all left. Um, and um, uh, they all got jobs at like big tech companies, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. They got all these cush, high level. Uh, executive jobs but the, but the person that and I, and I can't remember the guy's name but I remember he went on Twitter and was like yeah I'm the person that made the choice to um, not remove uh, the articles from Facebook but to make sure that they didn't get the widespread distribution that they were starting to garner uh, he cut it off at the source, and he was a former, I believe, you check me on it, of course, but he was a former um, Obama White House um, uh, person. Yeah, and it's like a government official, it's like a government official going to work for big tech, and then all of a sudden, everyone they disagree with, they're suddenly just starting to go silent. It's It's kind of suspicious as well. And I think those people need to be investigated properly for conflict of interest. And I say properly because the the FBI is also corrupt as well. Because the thing is, like they're like investigating Donald Trump, Mike Lindell, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, but they're not investigating the guy who's literally got a laptop of child porn. And that's just disgusting. Well, actually, right now, they're very busy tracking down white supremacists. In fact, <clears throat> and, and, I, and, I, and I'm not even kidding you, um, a whistleblower, this was actually probably about 40 minutes ago, broke this to a, a Washington Post reporter saying that there are more people at the FBI on, a, on the white supremacist task force than there are white supremacists in America. Probably true. <laughs> they, they, they can't yeah. find they can't find enough there are more people at the fbi looking for white supremacists than there are actual white supremacists in the country that's so, why they got the new little mermaid narrative they won was just a way to uh discredit christian conservatives and and you know that kind of thing translucent lives matter by the way yeah, I mean, and it's not like it's not like people like that don't exist. I mean, there's certainly like you know those those um, uh, fake organizations that are run by the the feds, like Patriot Front. You know, they all show up wearing yeah uh, khakis and FBI issued uh, combat boots and shit. Well, of course, <laughs> yeah, of course, those uh, supremacists yeah. exist, exist on the same side. Still, you know, but they um, make damn good YouTube videos. Not gonna lie, it's got some some kicking music. They're really funny to watch. I highly recommend like you 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 go watch them. It almost feels like a um, when you get hired at like a, um, uh, a Carl's Jr. or a Hardee's or, or you, 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 the, the motivational videos of like, yes, we can do it together as a team. Hoorah! I mean, if you were to go to any actual like militia groups or something in the U.S. and look to your left and your right, you'd probably see a Fed on each side. You know? 
because that's just all they are. So they're just entrapment organizations. Well, 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 to be fair, real militia groups don't talk about... It, it's almost like a fight club situation. First off, you don't tell people you're in a militia. You just are. You know what I mean? But but they're but they're also not they're they're there's they're people. Because they also know um that the the that the feds are probably gonna try and pull another uh you know, governor kidnapping like they did in Michigan. Yeah, well that was that was fake from the get go. Literally everybody involved in planning that was a fed. Um, but but we are getting we're we are getting way off topic and those are fun <laughs> conversations to have for for another day. But you could but we but we definitely could say that for sure we know that the FBI is using um, most likely places like Discord, uh, Twitch, Facebook groups, um, uh, YouTube as yeah. ways to try and co coerce otherwise um, you know responsible people and putting them into bad positions. 100%. And that's that's also super dangerous. Like, our government should not... I, I guess it's one thing if it's, like, somebody like ISIS, but when you're entrapping regular, everyday Americans because um, you don't like the, the cut of their jib um, or you don't like their uh, religious or political views um that's something this there's very there's there's a lot of evil in that in 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 just doing that oh yeah but yeah it's for me especially it's a no-brainer that they're uh using facebook well social media in general i'm not going to single any group out because it wouldn't surprise me if there's fbi influencing gad minds bit shoot rumble well, they're like, probably still on MySpace. Let's be real. <laughs> probably, but yeah, it's a uh, personally personal opinion. It's naive to assume that our government isn't involved with social media in some form or manner. Because, like I just brought up the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, like Ronan brought up uh, COVID and all of the things that got censored there. There, it's just makes too much one it makes too much sense and two look at other countries they do the same thing why is why should we expect our country to be any different or our government to be any different were you going to say something ronan oh no no all right no problem i just want to make sure uh, to let you speak if uh you had something to uh, add on there but yeah um that's one of the things I wanted to bring up is the whole Hunter Biden fiasco uh, with Facebook and the CIA, FBI, I don't remember which. So correct me uh, in the comments or if any of our guests can know the exact organization did it. Uh, they did go to Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook to censor news about an election. And you could say that they're doing it again with the 2022 midterms. And it would not surprise me if they tried doing it all the way through 2024 and in the future. Unless we find a way to uh, mitigate that. With that well, being... I, oh, go on, I, I'm pretty, I, real quick, I'm pretty sure. Mark obviously admitted it, but obviously if they went to Zuckerberg or... or the closest person to him that they had contact with, whatever. 
it, it's also fairly safe to assume that the the big guys, uh, Twitter, I mean Twitter, um, YouTube, Instagram, all those all those groups. I'm pretty sure in that conversation he said that the government went to all the big tech companies to let them know um, this was, you know, misinformation was going to happen. So use your best discretion or whatever the words that he used on Rogan. But um, uh, I, I, even if he didn't say that they went, he, they went to other places, obviously it, it, you don't need to know one plus one equals three. I'm, oh wait, no, that's, that's, that's uh, new math. I do old math. Uh, one plus one equals two to know, you know, to easily connect uh, the dots there. Yep. Yeah, because we all know, like, they they obviously work together to de-platform Alex Jones. So it's like they obviously communicate with each other. So if one of them gets uh, the message, the others are going to follow suit. Most definitely. I mean, and I would like YouTube to... could make. Oh, sorry. Yeah, let me uh, say this real quick. I want to reiterate, if anybody wants to fact check us, the conversation, like John said, was the interview with Joe Rogan. If you have time and are interested in that topic, look it up. Uh, John, what were you going to say? Nothing absolutely important at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hear the Babylon Bee is a great fact-checking site. <laughs> hey, those guys are 100% accurate 100% of the time. It, ju it just might take a few years to get there. Yeah. All right. On that note, uh, Facebook experimenting was another point I want to bring up with uh, Facebook in particular. While it's very likely that YouTube, Twitter, and all that also did the same thing that I'm about to describe. Uh, from my understanding, it is confirmed that Facebook experimented on its users. They purposely promoted things like dep uh, depressing videos to their user base and experimented on them to see what happened to them. And personally, if Facebook did that, I can almost guarantee that Twitter has done that. Maybe they're still doing that. YouTube maybe has done that, maybe still is doing that. Um, has anybody else heard of this? I actually just heard it earlier today. Um, uh, I don't know if it's a shameless plug or not, but for, on Timcast IRL, they were actually were talking about it right before <laughs> we recorded or started recording this episode. That Facebook yeah, actually also experimented with um, content that you know uh, specifically induces feelings of rage in people yep. um yeah that's why uh, that's why rage baiting becomes such a strong thing is because it was stro so strongly promoted in the algorithm is because that's one of the biggest things that will get somebody to click on something is when they're mad at it um well, well youtube used to uh, suggest a lot of what like uh, cop shooting videos too leading up to 2020 like that was a big. I, I remember that that was a big algorithm push because it would get a with that hate based or rage based clicking watching uh, specifically white officers shooting african-american people or people of color um yeah and, and even they, statistically white guys get shot like orders of magnitude more often they're the most they're the most shot people by cops by miles yeah. oh yeah yeah by like a factor of like a thousand or something more it's like 
Zerg. Um, but um, yeah, you know, it's a different to topic for a different day. Um, but yeah, you know, they do they do that kind of stuff all the time. Oh yeah, and I yeah, and the news does it too. Oh yeah, because like, uh, looks... rage bait attracts attention. Yeah. I believe like. Um, throwing but, out but all, a random have been doing this a lot. It's you know, like with the fan baiting, you know, they do that with the in the video game industry. That's why you have companies like Polygon and and um, you know, all these other crappy video game journalists, Otaku outlets that just like they just write, hey, hey, they're, they're not journalists, they're journalists, <laughs> yeah, they didn't like they just get people to click on it and, and rage at them, you know, because that's the only engagement they can get because they have no talent and that's nobody would ever, ever pay attention to them otherwise. Um, Some men just want to watch the world burn. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like <laughs> titles that are like white cop shoots transgender, female, lesbian, black person gets so much more clicks and rage than just cop shoots person. And so the, uh, it promotes it. And in a way, it's like a reverse censorship. I don't know if that's a correct thought process, but that just popped into my head. Um, what are your thoughts so far on this topic, Wibbit? I want to get a little more of your opinions on in here. Wait, um, you mean, are we still on the topic of the big three, though? Um, just the uh, promoting governments uh, or governments inside these corporations promoting articles promoting uh news censoring news like the hunting hunt hunting hunter biden <laughs> laptop scandal oh yeah yeah see that that goes back to when i was when i introduced my dance on it it's a double standard it, there, there there's a there's hypocrisy being being displayed here where they try to neglect one side that would be extremely incriminating and damning to towards the towards the side that they are probably trying to protect. But then they go after a, they go on a witch hunt on certain other individuals because that's what's that's also that's also being fueled by the rage clicking, rage baiting things that they that they that they also have going on. So to me, that that is definitely another form of censorship that I I've also pointed out that I absolutely hate, and I've already mentioned censorship is pretty much my enemy in this in this manner because it's it's uh it's being unfair it's being it's it's being hypocritical and and it's honestly it's just being stupid and it it, it the sad thing is it's being it's still being coddled and supported because it's um it's gotten so far into people's some people's heads that they just uh go along with it Oh yeah, there's a lot of times they don't realize it's happening, and then there's other times that they get so entrenched because of echo chambers bringing it back yeah. full circle almost. And, <laughs> and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have a problem if maybe uh, you know someone in the government was uh, was was in cahoots with the with the these with social media, if if maybe the opposing side had as much power to you know. To uh, kind of keep the other side edge, kind of like a spy versus spy almost. It's like if one spy is 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 overpowering consistently the other side, and yes, there's actually no fair playground between the two. That's kind of how I that's I guess the best analogy I can think of. Uh, but otherwise, I I can't think well, of a good. That's scenario. the reason why they do all this stuff, right? Is because they the, the their ideology cannot survive a fair playing field in terms of uh, debate. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know. Yeah. They, they have to cheat to win. That's what's going on. Yeah, it's the same thing with uh, elections. You know, they have to cheat to win. 
Because mm -hmm. none of their ideology can stand on anything, really. Once you start picking it apart, it falls like a house of cards. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's yeah. why uh, what we're doing here with the podcast, we want to do discussions. We also want to encourage questions. Don't be To our viewers, don't be afraid to question everything. Um, even going back to a little bit to uh, the COVID episode... Well, don't question me because I'm, I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, uh, going back to the COVID uh, episode a little bit, don't question the science. That's like exactly the opposite of what science is. You, so need... you guys, 100% of scientists agree on everything, okay? <laughs> you need to question science. What if I want to conduct my own experiments? Am I... Am I not trusting the science if i do that Maybe. i want to trust it on my own on my own individual terms using this thing called the scientific method with it you got a license for that science there if you are become a scientist you no longer can be trusted i mean trust can questioned another freudian slip you can no longer be questioned Jesus. I mean, I'm not. This is like the I'm not a fourth one tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not a biologist, much less a scientist. But I'm gonna go by the scientific <laughs> method, and that's how I'll. That's how I'll find my answers. Okay. I, what I, is I a woman? This. I'm going to stay. I'm going to test. <laughs> what is a woman? I'm going to. What is a woman? Answer it, Mister Scientist. What is a woman? You agree? <laughs> if you don't agree, we pull your license. Mister Biologist, what is a woman? <laughs> But yeah, um, going, <laughs> question everything, especially with social media. So uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they are not doing what they're doing for the best interests of the individual. That I may have mentioned it earlier on the podcast. I am a capitalist, but yet I understand capitalism has flaws. Cor big corporations like this them censoring a lot of these topics not all of them but a lot of them tend to be because of their bottom dollar bottom line money wise they're doing it for money they don't have the individual's best interests at heart and i think people take that for granted they believe that oh hey i'm not getting censored so it doesn't exist that is extremely naive thinking, going back to something that we brought up earlier. Donald Trump, the president of the United States of America, whether you like him or hate him, he got banned. ISIS, a known terrorist organization, for whatever reason, hasn't gotten banned. These are things that we want people to question because they need to be questioned. Um yeah. Real quick, because we're, we're, you're, you're talking about echo chambers and, and stuff like that. Yep. So one of my most interesting thoughts that because these corporations have, um, you know, they, they listen, they have a lot of information on us, right? YouTube, Google, Facebook. Um, but because these these um, green-haired twirly-doos um, hate everything that uh, doesn't agree with them, um they're not they're not super smart they, they could make they could 
they have the ability to target ads to the right people. So let's just say, for example, YouTube lets Alex Jones back on the platform. Instead of um, Coca-Cola ads showing in front of uh, an Alex Jones video, maybe get a company that aligns with um, the people that watch Alex Jones. Then they would be able to market their marketing to a bigger platform of advertisers. Instead, they're cutting off all these places. You know, you might not like Black Rifle Coffee for whatever reason. Uh, you might not like um, my coffee. You might not like my pillow. Um, all these conserv more maybe more conservative leaning companies that would be willing to spend money. Places like the Daily Wire, um, you know, and, and other such such companies would be willing to spend the money to have ads targeted to, you know, Alex Jones watchers or Steven Crowder watchers. Um, libertarian companies or companies that are, you know, stay politically uh, neutral would have no problem. There is more revenue that they're missing out on because... Um, because... These kids or these the folks that are running these companies or working at these companies um, were so coddled or not even taken care of as children that uh, uh, they can't stand the fact of, of being wrong. Do, do, does that make does that make sense? What I'm saying though, like overall. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, they don't, they don't care about the long term the long term business strategy because they've never had to work for anything in their entire lives. They're mostly the children of rich. Uh, parents, um, they grew up in you know, um, you know, going to a nice university and all that stuff, and they were properly brainwashed and uh, right. But but the but the but the adults in the room who can tell them to um, shut the f up or leave aren't even doing their job. They are um, they are bowing down to the less than five percent. In the hope of getting a tiny demographic versus a bigger it, Hollywood, Hollywood does the same thing. But 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 but, but 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 you know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Like again, the people in the people that run these places, um, they can say no. Uh, have have a have a coke and a smile and shut the f up, and let me make money and I can pay you more. You're you're right. They don't see the long term, but the but the but the folks at top are just as stupid. That's all I'm saying. Like well, they I'm can saying, target these ads. Building, man. Like the 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 people left that are left running these organizations are um, mostly incompetent in a lot of cases, you know, and they've just like like if 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 somebody wants to if somebody wants to sponsor Vin Tornado's streams on twitch um because he he plays power world or well no like power world right and and they know that the target audience that they're targeting is people that are interested in that game well who cares what vin tornado does on um apple Podcasts? because vin might not have that crossover but they could easily go to all of these. That information is super easy for these companies to get. 
it's right there. Um, yeah. And and they can and, and they can see. But, but that's what I'm saying. These days, especially with alt media, um, like is usually they'll contact the creator directly because that's the most. Like the creator's going to get the most money out of it that way, and. You know, you can record a person or have them record a personalized message promoting the the product or the company. Um, but that's so also like, the, know, that's also the biggest way for, for scammers too, which we haven't even talked about in the age of the internet. But I I understand what you're saying. Um, there, there's other ways. There's other ways to target that too. I have a concern, John, about um, what you're saying, because uh, you're saying like maybe have um, sponsors for for a more similarly aligning you know uh align more similarly to say alex jones or steven crowder be the ones to be able to support him so they can get more on, of an audience yeah, i'm not, I'm not sure if you've ever I'm used wondering... google the google ads platform but it would kind of give you an understanding to how this stuff works um but basically yeah. you you can target specific audiences for certain things yeah um, but i do have a concern about that because if you so that, that kind of functionality does exist in one sense yeah, but I do have a concern yeah, about that. If you have, if you have, um, if you have those audiences sticking to kind of, you know, like in a, it's like a comfort zone they have of uh, the people that sponsor who align similarly. Um, will that don't won't that maybe um, I know maybe push them a little more to the side, and then the other it'll kind of alienate the the other side as well even more, and then both sides will be on their own echo chambers as well. This might be getting into in the next topic, but I feel like. Also, that's also my fear of using, uh, like using alternate media, uh, and relying on one side of the media, mainstream or alternate. Oh, that you notice this on um algorithms in general, um, like in watch histories, um, really promote echo chambers, especially on YouTube. You see this a lot. Like if you look at your recommendations, you just get the same old crap over and over and over again. They'll even show you a lot of videos you already watch. It's like, why is YouTube showing me all this crap I already watch, right? Um, well, it's because they they, they, they their algorithm is not as clever as the like the, the stuff Google does is not as clever as they try to make it out to be. Um, well, really, all it does is it takes it, it just takes your watch history and tries to show you more stuff that has similar tags for content or um, um, from similar creators or channels, you know, or the same well, channels. Well, I, so that's why you, I tend to watch a lot of the. Your, recommendations stagnates and you just get an echo chamber i don't think i really see that with my recommendations though i I like i watch a lot of things from like sky news and and even occasionally fox but then i still see i still see cnn and msnbc being put on my on my uh you know recommended because you're always you're always you're always gonna get that um, how about the other side though yeah so to answer your question with a guy about ads first off um with Google AdSense and Rumble has a competitor to that coming out or is already out or they're rolling that out as we go. Google, like Ronan was saying, allows you to do targeted ads. What I'm saying is is where YouTube is missing out is that maybe there are certain companies that only want to um, target a specific demographic. First off, there's, there, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Maybe a company wants to solely focus on 13 to 16 year old girls to sell um, easy washable makeup that won't give you acne. Basically, yeah, that's why the niche. Companies, companies do this, right? And then you have bigger companies who say, okay, we don't want to be aligned with 
Um, we don't want to be aligned with, say, the Young Turks, and we don't want to have our ads playing in front of um, uh, the Daily Wire. Both companies, by the way, that are very upfront about their political leanings, but they they might say um, we would be okay with somebody like Vin Tornado or Charlie Brown or would. Who don't? Who doesn't talk about politics? But they talk about art. They talk about music. They they masterfully navigate uh, the the um, uh, the Twitch chat or or the YouTube chat to make sure they don't get political, so that they can get a maximum amount of viewership. Uh, first off, you're not going to alienate anybody. You're not going to piss anybody off. They do this already. Um, you're going to see the same company roll out three ads and you would see a different ad on Fox, a different ad on MSNBC, and a different ad um, on uh, Nick at Night. I, I don't know. Uh, or at a, on a sports program. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Like They already do this. This, is, this has been happening um, for a while. So I, I know you said you're worried about the echo chamber. The problem being is that what is currently happening is that the people that are running these companies are running all the people that they do not like, and this is a very small percentage of people that these companies are bowing down to, they're running these people off platforms that the only choice that the people getting run off have is um, creating their own areas, their own uh, companies, um, their own um, parallel economies. And unfortunately, this is going to, it's going to be the way it has to be if, um, it, it, if you don't want to allow for open uh, dialogue or if, if these people are on, aren't okay with uh, folks who disagree with them. And um, don't say sorry every time they um, they pee in their diaper uh, because they're children. In in fact, my four-year-old acts better than them most of the time. Um, so, uh, and that's a problem too. By the way, uh, the folks on the right, the folks that have money. They're not investing in infrastructure like um, payment processing. Uh, well, Rumble actually, they got smart and they decided to make um, um, servers. Yeah, no, they're, right. not, they're not doing enough. Um, to, um, no, no, they're not doing. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me finish my thought. Um, they're not doing anything. They're not investing. There is 50 plus million people. Let's just say voters, right? So it's set at least 70 million plus voters who would easily switch to using other things if they knew they were available and had the money. Um, and, and these people, uh, minus probably Peter uh, Thiel is about the only one, and he's not even doing that great of a job, by the way. He could be doing a lot more. Um there's a lot of money to be made from folks uh, on the libertarian or even conservative right. They could be making a buttload of money because there's also people that aren't political that don't want the political stuff that would be more than happy um, doing business with non-political entities whatsoever. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of these are doing anything. Like it's just the 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 leadership and on on the right needs to do more to promote it and and work with each other more. Like 
the, that's right, a but there's also a lot of our, uh, there's also a lot of alternatives that are garbage because they don't have the money. Well, a, a lot of them work pretty well. Like, um, you know, what the stuff that uh, Gab with uh, Andrew Torpa is building, it works really well. Like Gab Pay and and the the Gab platform itself is a really solid um, technical wise, and they have their own alternative to AWS now, so they can do the same kinds of hosting services that Amazon can do. So there are people that are investing in that stuff. It's just they get ridiculed for it um, and ostracized like, like you know, Andrew Torba does um, when they actually do protect free speech because of, you know, the shitheads on the right that say a lot of, like, racist, really racist stuff and, you know, just try to be shocking, shockful, you know. And, for, for, uh, for, just out of curiosity, who, who on the right? That way, that way I can condemn them with you. Well, they're usually anonymous people that like because that's the thing about Gab is like it's a, it, they don't censor anything, so you can go on there and say the N word and stuff like that. So, 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 so you know, Richard Spencer is considered to be a far right person, yet Richard Spencer is a Democrat. Yeah, well, and and a lot of a lot of these people, but, I think, but, are but, but he, going on these platforms and spamming. Right. That probably seems the narrative of the switch and all that like, kind of thing. Um, right, but, and that's a, and that's a different subject. I'm just that, that's all I'm saying. There's a like percentage of people that act like this that that then are used to smear people like Andrew Torpa that do create these technical these these good alternative platforms and payment processors and stuff, and so they don't get talked about and they don't get promoted. Um, but they are but, they are pretty but, functional and do work, and it's just people need to use them. That's all. Right, people but ju ju just like the the right and even the libertarians, um, they're all. They're all wusses. They all get run over, and they let them get run over. Which is why, when you go to a place like uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, it's a um, it, it's a giant echo chamber of the same voices because people say, "Oh, well, um, that's not how uh, Republicans act." Um, yet on the on the left, um, they don't play by the same rules. And um, there, there's also that um, just really kind of f forcing the uh, same thing over and over again. It, it, essentially, w with uh, they want to they want to beat you into submission, just like. Um, What's the problem? Is that Twitter forces it to be an echo chamber by banning people that disagree. Exactly. Um, and then the then you end up right, with a natural. On right. the other end. But but also YouTube and, and Facebook also push this the same narratives. What whether in that same echo chamber, whether it be news or whether it be quote unquote entertainment like um um Jimmy Fallon or um Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel or you know what I'm saying? So so you're creating because that's all about the only new content yeah, that 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 I see on on YouTube. Like YouTube doesn't show me CNN, but they they love to try and and show me the the late night hosts, thinking, oh, I'm gonna laugh at these stale ass jokes. Yeah, because it's just um, it's just promoting content. They're, pro they're 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 promoted channels, so they just show up for everyone. Well, no, um, and 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 that's fair, but that's the only new content. But but again, um. They're also only promoting one side of, of the story. These companies don't want intellectual debate. They see it as bad. 100%. Um, 
Like, yeah, but I don't think that it, what it, you're it, talking about has to do with um, political censorship. It's more that's I, like I I I I I, 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 I understand. Um, right, like, no, well, no, I understand. I understand, but I'm trying to. I'm trying to move. The, I'm trying to move the subject to the next. Here's a perfect area. example of. Well, uh, my point is, is that the, the 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 echo chambers naturally develop. Like when you have when you have the the main platform, um, having censorship, it causes an echo chamber to develop on both the 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 old platform and any new platforms that spring up because. The only people using the new platforms or the alternatives are people that were banned from the old platform. So um, it basically naturally splits it into two echo chambers, and, and like that—that's that's just how it is. But, but, like, at uh, but, at, but at the same time, the everyday people that get banned, because let's let's be honest, like everyday people do get banned, right? They're not going to truth. They're not. They're not going to the other. They're not going to minds. They're not going to gab. They're making another account on Twitter. On YouTube, on Facebook. Sometimes they are. Um, no, like almost every, every time they are. You know, like, but if they're just a regular person, yeah, probably they'll just make a new account and, and you know try not to get banned again. Right, because we do, for what it's worth, and, and I'm not I'm not saying it's wrong. We do tend to forget of the just everyday regular non-techie people who might have said something that the the Christian person who doesn't believe a man can be a woman. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. Is like when you're talking about the political echo chambers, like the person that gets banned because of something they were saying, an idea they were trying to espouse, is less likely to try and make a new account uh, and and rejoin again. They're gonna like. Well, they're, they're, probably, they're also more, more, They're probably not gonna make an account at another place either, because if they don't know it's available to them, that's the other thing too. Is is that because these companies like Facebook, Google, and YouTube. Uh, well, I mean, basically, Google and Facebook control the online advertising world because they do. Um, they also control what people see. So, Truth and Gab don't. don't they, they're, they're not going to get the visibility online that they normally would. Okay, that's it. I, I'm done with. Uh, okay, I'm going to butt in here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for streaming there, but I I didn't want to interrupt at the same time. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, because there might be an echo. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, the echo chamber, it keeps getting brought up. I think a perfect example of uh, an echo chamber, the 2016 election and the 2020 election. In the 2016 Mm -hmm. election, there are many individuals on the left who claim that Donald Trump stole the election from Hillary Clinton, and they fully believe that is reality. In the 2020 election, there's many people on the right that says the same thing, only this time they believe the election was stolen from Trump. For uh, these mainstream big tech corporations, like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you will get banned most of the time, Uh, not all the time, um, if you question the 2020 election, creating mm-hmm. a massive divide in what people consider as reality. You have people on the left, I'm using general terms, there's exceptions to every rule, but mostly people on the left believe that the 2016 election was stolen from Hillary Clinton, while in the 2020 election they believe there was no election interference. While the right is the exact opposite, they don't believe there was... For the most part, uh, no election interference in 2016, but there was in 2020. So how do 
that's the problem with echo chambers is how do we bridge that divide when you have these big platforms banning everyone on one side they go to like ronan was saying this these other platforms creating a whole separate economy personally i don't think that's healthy <laughs> for a country to have two separate individual economies and whatnot but that's what's it's, going on it's a stopgap really um you know it's not ideal but like that's it's you sort of have to with you can't have people that are ostracized from society and not ha able to participate and interact with each other. That's really dangerous. And you will get real terrorists springing up. Um, well, I mean, great, you know? Laura Loomer is a perfect example. Can't use Facebook, can't use PayPal, can't use credit cards, can't, can't even use Uber. They, they've all deplatformed. She can't do anything online. They, they have yeah, literally yeah. removed. I, and I, not, not I'm saying that I support her or any. I'm just saying she is a very. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos um, would be like another one. There, there are people that are basic. Their lives are completely deplatformed. Yeah, like Kevin McInnes and um, Alex right. Jones. And yep. So I agree with you. A parallel economy isn't ideal, but it's what. Because the because the echo chamber deems it, they don't want us. They don't want us in the same public square. What else are people supposed to do? It's inevitable. I don't disagree with that. Like if the path continues on, it's inevitable that there's going to be a whole separate economy. Um, it's not going to be healthy. <laughs> with that being said, yeah, I wanna... no, it's it's the thing is that's the only way it can work right now until inevitably one of the echo chambers collapses and gets absorbed by the other like that's just how it works you know uh, with that being said i want to get charlie's and Wibbit's opinions on these topics real quick uh charlie uh your thoughts you mentioned a little bit about it your thoughts on echo chambers what do you think about them so i'm not really a big fan of echo chambers because it doesn't allow anyone to get at the truth of the matter like there are going to be people who believe that the 2016 election was stolen, but not the 2020. And then obviously there are going to be people who believe the vice versa of that. Uh, the only thing that could really like put those issues to bed is the actual truth. And it, it needs to be like an honest investigation, but we don't live in an ideal world for that to happen right now. So it, it's honestly, it, I think the whole creating another website for like rumble versus youtube and stuff like that i think that was inevitable and what really needs to happen is we need to we need the truth uh we need to get to the truth of the matter i get you and it's is, it's tricky yeah. because who determines what is true we didn't go into depth on it unfortunately we don't have time but it goes back to like fact checkers is that where you were leading? Uh, sorry for butting <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, and the whole fact checking thing, like it really kind of sucks when you like when you find something that is that could bring up a good point, but then of like you're immediately slapped with a warning and are told that hey, this has like you you're not able to get the information out there to get people thinking, and that's the that's kind of the whole danger of these people of like big tech having too much power over what we're able to say 
is that what's even more to actually how they do that is it's so vague the way they like just attach like a uh, fact check like factoid to your whatever you're saying without any specific context or it's like it's not like they're saying oh you know something you just said is wrong it's just like click here for more context and so it's sort of yeah, like yeah and it's all run by uh, and it's run by an ai sort of like too. A letter, you know like on your social media post i guess um that like yeah. will immediately make people say oh you know this guy's just you know talking sh talking nonsense you know without really paying yeah. attention to it yeah so to and be, it's all run by real, real quick also to be fair to rumble they didn't start out as a right-wing youtube they started out that they is were, true always been a free speech platform and it was the one place that conservatives decided to go after exploring BitChute and Odyssey. They landed on Rumble. So it, there is a, it just happens that there's a lot more right-leaning people on Rumble. Rumble is not a right-leaning place. They are a free speech first place. There's just a lot of people on the right and libertarians that happen to be there because they've been shut out of everywhere else. Rumble's also going to be a giant echo chamber. Yeah, that's that's also my that was also my concern. Create it, uh, they they congregate there, become an echo chamber. Okay. Um, is did you? But, Rum, but Rumble's also nicer to creators because you don't have to have four thousand subscribers and a or one thousand subscribers and four thousand hours viewed just to make money. Your video just has to get 100 views, and you can start anybody, anybody, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, it don't matter who, content creators or just random Joe Schmoes. Yeah, you don't get paid as much, but you don't have to go through some ridiculous process if your video goes viral on their platform. Mm. Yeah, and that's kind of what uh, why less people like are uh, are advertised on YouTube is because YouTube kind of just scooched all the people that made YouTube over to the side and just wanted to just rub elbows with the big guys over at Hollywood and stuff like that. Like, they forgot who actually helped, uh, helped uh, make their platform YouTube. And, and by the way, too, the, the folks on the center or, or uh, more classically liberal, like, like Wibbit and Ronan, uh, folks like... Uh, um, Dr. Drew and uh, Rusty Rockets or um, oh, I, I can't forget his, his real name, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Also, Russell Brand's doing exclusive stuff for Rumble. They're starting to move over to Rumble as well because they see that they can say what they want and not get in trouble. Real quick, uh, Ronan, I believe uh, you have to head on out. Do you want to give a shout out to anything? Uh share anything anything um, you're doing i'm just i, I just i guess i'll just say that uh you know odyssey is actually a pretty decent platform as well i don't know if any of you guys have used it but uh you know it's another good alternative to uh to youtube um uh, especially for you know what's that i said odyssey odyssey is fun i i don't disagree with either i like i, I really I, like the user interface like from a tech perspective i really like odyssey the way it's built um, Me Rumble. I think I think you're right about Rumble from a um, creator's perspective in terms of monetization. I think it's a better model, but usability is a lot less uh, good for the end user than uh, than Odyssey. I, I like to watch, see I like watching videos on Odyssey. 
like watching videos on Odyssey. I don't, as a creator, I don't like uploading videos on Odyssey. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's a it's a tough uh, you know that's another tough thing about like all tech sites is it's like unless you nail every single aspect of it, it's really hard to get people to to pay attention to you. But um, I do think Rumble's moving in the right direction, and I do like what Odyssey's doing, and it's good to see you know competition in that space. But uh, I do got to run, guys, so I'll uh, I'll let you go here. But uh, no problem. Yeah, it was, uh, Thanks for having a conversation with you. Alrighty. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming to hang out. Nice meeting you. I love you, brother. You're amazing. Nice meeting you. Yeah. You too, John. Man. Take care. Have a good night. Have a good one. Okay. Uh, sorry to interrupt that conversation. (laughs) I just want to. uh, Ronan needed to get out, or not get out, but get food. I should say. Um, Wibbit. Mm-hmm. Unless uh, Charlie and sophomore John had things that they want to continue on with, uh, do you want to wrap up or state your opinions on the echo chamber? Uh, yeah, um, I think we were when we were talking. You guys were talking about how, um, well, basically, again, I, I'm just going to go back to what I was saying about how a lot of um, censorship is is driven by the double standard hypocrisy when they. When we were talking about one side getting um, get, getting fact checked, especially, and I'm gonna and we're bringing the fact checking uh, whole the whole fact checking phenomenon that we're talking about, like with with the election, um, with whatever side people are on, if they they question the 2016 election, they question the 2020 election. Like I I noticed something as well. It happened more so with the 2020 election. That's when those fact checking. Um, systems came in and that's that's honestly that when i started to get very little suspicious about what's going on like why do they need fact checkers only then why didn't they do that i remember the controversy in the 2016 election and also a lot of the rioting but there wasn't really the kind of fact checking system that put into place there by by big tech social media so i i knew something was going on too and I, I already, I already kind of figured something was was a little fishy before the, the election happened. But I feel like yeah, that, that's the thing that I don't like, and that is the that exact that shows exactly what I hate about censorship is a double standard hypocrisy and how 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 much they are suppressing one one side to be able to gain a foothold on their on the side that they own, and to me that. That is that is the essence of why why I I absolutely hate censorship, and and I believe it's absolutely wrong because they're they're allowing they're only allowing one side to flourish, and that is going to have a lot of repercussions in society because it's gonna it's going to mold society only in that one way, and that that's also why we have people who are afraid to start thinking or talking things on their own because. They have to follow. They have to fit a mold. Uh, you were just mentioning people are going to alternative media, and I understand that. I, I I've also been checking alternative sources before, even before uh, a lot of this happened. Um, so I, I think, I, I think that's you know this kind of hyper. Honestly, I think it's also a lot of polarization going on. It's it's unhealthy. So yeah, um, and we've seen it in history uh, before where. One side gets uh, amplified; they get their voice amplified throughout society, and the other side 
basically is just dead to rights, like um, like in Nazi Germany, like the Nazis, mm-hmm. uh, they they were they had their voices, uh, they were the ones advertised throughout the Germany, and the Jews really either they didn't they were persecuted into being quiet or some or the people who then there were people who didn't do anything about it like there was uh there was a holocaust survivor who basically didn't think anything of it when the nazis came for his neighbors and they eventually came to him and he said nobody was around to stand up for me and i realized that the problem that i had created yeah and, and i think I that mean, censorship often comes from fear yeah so not just not just not just from society but also from like an overreaching government yeah people and people and people are afraid to speak up that's also what removes that that's also and, and, and to me as an artist that's why i that's why i'm still pursued this passion of, of mine which is art it, throughout the history, at the very least, as far as I can tell, art is is a an example of people being able to speak out freely, and that should be that should be what that's about. And when you start to censor uh, things like like art or whatever, uh, and make people afraid of criticism or afraid to state to to uh, put out their their piece when it comes in the art sphere, I think. Uh, uh, then I I think that's that's a reflection also what we're what we're seeing with with the online censorship in this age. Um, I see uh, sophomore John had something uh, he wanted to say on my comments. Well, yeah, actually, so um, uh, real quick on Charlie's comments. Uh, remember Gina Gina Carano? Well, both yours, but Gina Carano said essentially what what Charlie was hinting at, and she was canceled by everybody for just saying hey remember history that far long ago but um i'm a bit older than you guys um so y- you were you were young pups when um it was bush versus gore in the 2000 election and a lot of folks on the left had said that bush or the republicans cheated in order for bush to win that election so it's it's nothing new, but it started it, it around the growth of the internet. But it wasn't it wasn't internet it wasn't an internet kind of thing at the time, like it is now. Where in 2016 and in 2020, where it, it, the uh, the reach of regular folks, or you can even say quote unquote conspiracy theories, has, but. You can go back and look at um, news clips from the 2000 election of Bush versus Gore, and you'll see a lot of people on the left saying on national television that the Republicans cheated, um, mostly in Florida, but still. Uh, did, they, did they get fact-checked? Well, no, there, there, wasn't, there wasn't fact-checkers back then, but I'm saying the rhetoric... Is not it is not new, but it probably traces back even further. But at least in my lifetime, that was that was when I first um, noticed it myself, um, and I was 
let's see here, um, 17, 17, 18 years old. Yeah, 17 years old. So I didn't even get to vote in that election. But I, rem- I remember specifically that that, that, was, that was the talking point from one side. So it's not new, um, but uh, it's been memory hold. Because of the echo yeah. chamber, they don't talk about they don't you, you know you don't hear about Stacey Abrams denying that she um, lost the election because even though she in Georgia even though she said hey um, I should be the governor you know it, it, same thing with Hillary Hillary saying oh, okay uh, they cheated but it goes back further so it's it's not new there's nothing new under the sun but that was the first time that I remembered it. And I think you guys are, are young enough that you you missed out on and on all that fun. That's that's that was my quick thoughts on, on that. I just yeah, I just wanted I to say remember, this. I vaguely remember seeing a lot of the rhetoric being passed around the Bush Gore era, but I was yeah I was still in middle school. I didn't pay as much attention. But and, 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 I, and rightfully I so. Too, huh? I was way too young to remember. I was hmm. five, I think. Maybe oh. four. Yeah, I was like 10 yeah, or 11. I, was, I, I think I was like three or four. Oh, but yeah. So, so for all our older listeners, I didn't forget about you. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did want to bring also one last little example that I know. This is actually from, because um, I, I think you guys know I'm Filipino. I, I did want to bring this up because I feel like it might be relevant. There's a, a topic from history in the Philippines that I, I think, um, yeah, I'd like to mention. So uh, one of our, at least when I was still a kid and learning in the in the Philippines history, uh, one of our national heroes here, it was a man named Jose Rizal. He was, he was a man who lived in like the late uh, 1800s. Uh, he, he was um, a guy who... He was basically an, a journalist. He was an underground journalist in the time, in the late 19th century, when um, the government in the Philippines was still controlled by Spanish elites and oligarchs, and the common people and people of you know like native Philippine descent were were there was a lot of divide between there. But this guy Jose Rizal, he was in a, he was again an underground journalist. He wrote newspaper publishings to try to expose the corruption in the government at the time because it was pander it at that at that time it was uh controlled by by those Spanish elites and people who would ties to the you know the the Spaniards who were who were who were in charge of the the Philippine regime. So what ended up happening was he was uh he was ultimately he, he was ultimately apprehended by the government and he was executed by firing squad. He was in the, he was basically martyred because he was a journalist who tried to expose corruption, and I feel like he's he would have been the 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 um, equivalent of maybe Project Veritas or other underground journalists yeah. today. Uh, at that time, that again, that was the late eighteen hundreds, the, the just the turn of the the century at that time, and he he was he was that was an extreme example of and and uh, there's a reason why I I think his uh. His uh, his story might be a little relevant. We have under we have journalists who are trying to expose corruption, and they get they get raided by by the Fed, or they get they get a little bit, you know, 
they get they're thrown under radar and that's I feel like I feel like there's something going on and if it gets too far we might hit a really extreme uh something extreme like I don't know maybe someone could get hurt or 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 get killed like that example of in the Philippines that's just something I yeah. thought of and I thought might be relevant yep thank you for sharing I love uh hearing backstories about the Philippines and other countries because uh, yeah, I'm very American. <laughs> I don't know anything about other countries. Yeah, and I like I like involved. to point out, yeah, I like to point out those parallels because that's what I see from history in other places. And then I feel like I feel like there's a something that I feel like it could be relevant here as well. And hopefully we can avoid the, some of the mistakes of history, uh, whether whether or not it's uh, local or foreign. And um, and yeah, it's just nice I think to be able to remember that a lot of people these days are not able to. Um, retain on any history and, and and that's why it might just end up repeating itself and and we yeah. should also feel very lucky that we are able to access alternative sites alternative platforms yeah. because there are countries that don't have that luxury um like china so we, well yeah there's plenty but um it's not it's not perfect but at least at least we have something. So at least we're able to do something at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On that somber note, <laughs> uh, we're closing. We're closing in on the three-hour mark. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this video here. Like always, we just merely scratch the surface of the topic. That seems to be the running uh, trend of all the episodes. <laughs> why, why are you censoring us? <laughs> With that, yeah. let's remind everyone where we can follow us. Guess where can the viewers follow you? Let's start with Wibbit. Um, yeah, you guys can follow me on on Twitch uh, TV Wibbit guy, um, and I you can you can also find me on YouTube under the same name. Um, I can't remember. Sometimes I might have it in two words, Wibbit guy, or. Um, and, and or maybe it might have been one whole word. Like, I I can't remember how I put them on each on each platform. But uh, I I do have, I mean I do have a few other, I do have a a Rumble account, but I've not yet been putting anything on there yet. So I I'm still starting other alternative sites and even other mainstream sites. Like I mean, Twitter or Instagram, I barely use them, but I I have something there. Uh, but you can probably find me streaming art or video games on Twitch and we can have a nice conversation if you drop in. That's probably the, the best way for now. I love Wibbit's art streams. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> they, they are the best. They are. They're oh. pretty, They're really good. Real quick, I want to make sure that the viewers uh, know it is W-I-B-B-I-T G-U-Y. Is that correct? Yeah, Wibbit guy. Basically, if you figure out want to figure out why I picked that name, just think of Elmer Fudd saying, "Oh, squee wabbit." But I, I, I had to be original, and I'm, I'm trying to be original here, so I changed the letter and I said, "I'm, I'm a wascally wibbit." As a matter of fact, some people already call me that, a wascally wibbit. <laughs> all right. And then, then will all this information be in the description for our viewers? It should, it should. I plan on it. Yeah, and if it isn't, the viewers should harass me until it's there. <laughs> so basically, tell tell uh, viewers tell Vin that 
he is censoring the panel. I'm also lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm lazy. Uh, with that, Charlie, how about you? Where can the viewers follow you? Alrighty. Uh, I am Charlie Brown 642. I am on Rumble. I post uh, game playthroughs on there. And if you can't tell from uh, my picture that I have on Rumble, I am a bit of an artist, but not as good as Wibbit for the moment. Uh, and I'm also on Gab and True Social. And if you have trouble with uh, finding me, uh, try putting in a capital C and a B. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it like interchanges on depending on what side I'm on, but I'm on Rumble, Gab, and Truth Social. Excellent. Thank you. And then sophomore John, my amazing co-host. Uh, well, first, before I promote myself, I just want to give a huge shout out to um, a, a dear good friend of mine, Ronan. I've known him for almost for over 20 years. Um, you can't find him on any socials. You can't find him anywhere on the Internet. If you're cool enough, he will find you because that is the way of the Ronin. Um, but I want to give him a huge uh, shout out and thank him for spending uh, some time with us, hanging out and talking and discussing. Uh, also, a lot of love to Wibbit Guy, who is such a wonderful artist, creator, and so much fun to hang out with on streams. Um, also, make sure, guys, you save your uh, Twitch points so that you can use them to doom him during art streams. It's a blast, and it, especially if you're having a rough day, it's going to be one of those weirdly amazing, uplifting moments. Um, or you could, because or you, because or it's you just so much fun. Yeah, and or you, you could, could raid just ask him to raid me because then that you know, they send the FBI to me, and I'll have to be taking the heat. If you want, if you'd like me to do that, that, that might take the heat off of you, and I'll take it instead. I'm more right. than happy to. <laughs> um, and then also to Charlie, who who is a wonderful content creator, but also just a fantastic supporter of uh, the things that Wibbit, uh, myself, Vin uh, do. His uh, Let's Plays are super fun and wonderful to watch. His Mario Party ones are a blast. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there for you if you're on Rumble. Watch those Mario Party ones. They're a lot of fun. Um, a lot of love to my um, my host, my my good friend, Ventornado, who um, uh, your friendship means a lot to me. I, I just thank you very much for allowing me to be here. My name is Sophomore John, spelled incorrectly, S-O-P-H-M-O-R-E-J-O-H-N. The word sophomore means uh, wise fool or useful idiot. Um, I stream on Twitch. I play sometimes good games, sometimes bad games. Um, but we ask, like to have a lot of fun. Um, you can also find me on YouTube, on Rumble, on the Twitter, and um, basically anything that you can think of. I'm probably there, mine's as well. Um, I really appreciate you guys uh, putting up with me. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and as for me, I am Ventor and can be found on most platforms under the name Ventornado. That is V E N T O R N A D O. That includes, but not limited to, Minds, Gab, YouTube, and Rumble. For Twitch, just slap on a one at the end and you will find me there. Thank you to everyone who tuned in and a special thank you to our guests. We are Thanks, out.